Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Today's Sunday session is brought to you thanks to the fine folks at More Beer. Visit them right now at morebeer.com. I was pouring in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank, mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Make some sugary water, throw in some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's fine. From the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Well, all right. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us here on the session. Brought to you by our good friends over at More Beer, the sponsor of this session. Every session we do, and they've been doing it since the beginning of time. I was just out at their uh, newish warehouse in Pittsburgh, California. Yeah. This week. How was it? It's like walking into an Amazon warehouse. Really? Uh, like a lot of jungles and panthers and shit? Or what are you talking about? Yeah, it's jungles and panthers everywhere. Nice. Uh, it's just an enormous, it's like 30-something thousand square feet wow. of fulfillment center for your homebrew needs. I mean, it really... It's like bigger than Rhode Island. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. That's cool. Yeah. And it was cool. Just I always just get all mushy seeing how, how far they've come and, <laughs> yeah. and grown up. Um, so it's really cool. So, uh, yeah, thanks to More Beer for bringing us this program. You can go shop over at morebeer.com or moreflavor.com, uh, morewine.com. It's all there. And you can get all the things that you need to do all the things that you want to do in the home brewing and home wine making and home coffee making world. And we thank them. Uh, 
Skeleton crew tonight. Uh, yeah. The half the staff is gone prepping for Burning Man. Okay. Is oh. what's happening right Great. now. <laughs> well, so we shut down for Burning Man now. <laughs> basically. I mean, we sort of always have. Yeah. Um I, but I stopped going uh, for several years right. and then went back last year. Yeah. Uh and then this year we're bringing out uh, Beardy and his wife for their virgin Burning <laughs> Man experience. Cool. So uh, Doc's at home uh, d- doing what one does to get ready for Burning Man. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Beardy's been really working hard lately. You know, his yeah, brewery is just, just about to open. Open the brewery. Yeah. So he's missed a couple shows just because he's been there late working and brewing. Yep. And he's feeling terrible about it. He's always so sorry when he has to text me. And today he's, he texts me and he's like, um... So I was planning on being at the show tonight, uh, but this is what his text sounds like in my head. Yeah. Um, this is his text voice. But uh, Candy um, said it's okay if I go to the show, but she'd rather I didn't. <laughs> rather I come home and, uh, and help with things. Uh. So he's like, in short... It's okay, but not really okay right. if I come to the show tonight. <laughs> so I was like, all right, man, you can skip it. So Beardy's home, making his wife happy, whatever you know, whatever that entails. They don't even know what they're doing to prep for Burning Man. Well, right. you know, the first thing they got to do is figure out how to do that. Yeah, I mean, I wrote them like a, okay. a map, but okay, uh, good. Yeah, you got to you got to plan. You got to help them plan. I got to help them plan because they're in my RV, and I don't want to have to like resuscitate them every <laughs> twelve hours. So I, you know, I right. give them some things that they need. It's harsh out there, so they need uh, dust masks and goggles yeah. and water and. Like lots of stuff to yeah. to not shrivel up and die, basically. But I'm pretty excited to see what super fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, and apparently, right at this moment, it's pouring with rain. So it's this, it's this dust bowl. It's a really flat. It's on a flat, dry lake bed yeah. that has that like really fine dust everywhere. So anything. So there's constantly dust in the air, and uh, sometimes you don't see it, but it's always there. Mm-hmm. And then any gust of wind, and it's like a it's a dust storm. Right. Um, well, now at this moment, it's pouring with rain. Oh, good. Turning said. It, then it, it's like a milky, like thick mm, mud, mud. Yeah. Because Ugh. it's that really fine dust. Like, yeah, it's powder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a lot of fun, Bevo. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyhow, and then Doc's doing his thing. So we got me and Tasty and JP holding down the fort tonight for uh, we're going to be speaking to the founder and brewmaster of Ale Apothecary. Uh, Paul Arney is going to be on the line with us today. Yeah, out of Oregon. Out of Oregon. Yeah. And so, and I'll tell this to Paul when he's on the line, but uh, a few months back, we got a shipment of their beer. It was a very special shipment for a, um, they don't they don't really ship beer out of Oregon. No. And, uh, but we were doing a sour event, and we reached out to them, and they were kind enough to do it. Um, and my staff was going crazy about getting this beer here. Oh, they, wow. they wanted to buy it before we ever put, put it on sale. Yeah. So a very um, kind of one of those coveted breweries we're talking to tonight mm-hmm. with totally. a lot of great beer. I think that they sent us beer, right, Bevo? They so, did. They sent us two bottles of beer, two 750s. Oh, great. So which uh, is how limited their kind of their kind of runs are. And he was like, sure. look, I'm really kind of nervous about shipping a bunch of beer to California. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry about it. It happens all the time. Yeah. Like he's very uh, protective 
of of the quality of his beer. It sounds which like is it. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we did it, we had to do a whole special shipping thing. Mm-hmm. It was very expensive, but yep. people wanted the beer, so we just you know built it into the price here at the Grenade. But yeah, he he would only ship a certain way and thing. And and totally. good that that's yep. why it's coveted beer. Well, I think that's what we want. So, I mean, that's yeah. what we've been pushing for in the industry the entire this whole time. Right? Is yep. people being not only protective of the beer on the on the um, uh, retail side, yep. but also how that beer gets delivered is where most of your damage happens in the first place. Yeah. So I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll be talking to uh, Paul from Ale Apothecary today, and we're excited about that. You can call in 888-401-BEER if you have your own questions, or as always, you can join Bevo in the chat room. She's there, and she'll send your questions along to me. And uh, we'll learn about all the different beer beer styles. Have you had any of their beer before, Tasty? Uh, yes, I have. Just in bottles, so nothing on draft. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we're going to have again tonight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let's get through just a few announcements uh, to get you all ready for what's upcoming. I've been telling you about Drake's 27th anniversary party. Even just saying that number in craft beer still <laughs> kind of blows my mind. There's just not many, right? We just had a Ballast Point event here last week with their, uh, celebrating their 20 years yeah. in, in the business. Uh, so Drake's is doing that on Friday, August 26th. I believe that's this uh, coming Friday. And I know JP's going to go out there. I am, uh, yeah. Tasty's going to be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Sure. I heard Nate is going to be there. Nate Smith is oh, going to really? be hanging out. Yeah, nice. Nate and Nicole. Um, Kim Shimke uh, from the Brewing Network here might show up. Um, so you'll you'll get to meet some BN staff, but more importantly, all the different things that they have going on on uh, August 26th. So you can go over to drinkdrakes.com to get all the information that you need. Um, there's going to be a first taste of this year's Aromacoma Brews. Um, some original Drake's beers from 1989 are going to wow. be on hand, they say. Like what? <laughs> they're pale ale? No. <laughs> but if they're ma- barley if wine, they're made like again, well, maybe they made old recipes, which that would, would be, be cool. super interesting to, to like taste a um, you know a 27 year old recipe pale ale or IPA. Oh God, yes. Compared to today's pale ale or IPA and how the hops have changed and things like that. Yeah, that'd be um, amazing. Well, or use the hops from then, like use this Cascade or yeah, Cascade Centennial or something. Might have just done that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. There's going to be some firkin tappings all over the place, they say, and sample some new beers uh, that, you, that you've never seen before. So um, go check it out. The, there'll be a Meet the Brewers booth and uh, yeah, you name it. They're doing it up for, for their 27 years. Uh, your ticket gets you unlimited tasting of all the Drake's brews um, and some alumni guest brews. Uh, music by Sam Chase and Girl Six, which is a Prince tribute band. Oh, snap. I mean, I want to go just for that, but I can't. <laughs> I will uh, live stream it for you. Do it. Live stream it to me <laughs> yeah. out on the playa. I'll, I'll watch it in my mud-filled RV. Uh, there will be a free shuttle running from the downtown San Leandro BART station beginning at 345. You just got to show your ticket to ride that. Um, and unlimited non-alcoholic beverages, including cold brew coffee. So that's nice. And finally, an anniversary toast at 730. So check it out. It's this Friday. You can go to drinkdrakes.com and get all the info and go support our friends at Drake's. They're good people and they make great beer. Uh, if you're looking to support some of the BN staff, our good friend Scott Moskowitz does the Hop Life Gear. That's the little hop people drawings that he does there's paintings and t-shirts and prints of the paintings go check it out at hop life store people really like them we hang them up here at the hop (laughs) grenade and uh not only does it look great in our place but people come in all the time and ask if they can buy them they like them so if you're a beer geek like us check out hoplifestore.com 
If you want to support the whole BN and just not spend any extra money, just do that normal spending that you do. Hit the Amazon link on our, our on our homepage, and you can do that in the UK and the US, and it supports us. You know, a lot of you do it, and we appreciate it. You can also just uh, donate. Uh, by hitting the donate button on the homepage. And if you do so, um, you are entered into the More Beer monthly donation giveaway, which enters you for a chance to win $100 to spend at More Beer every single month. And the more you donate, the more uh, chances you have to win. So check it out. And if, if you are a donor, make sure your address is current in PayPal, because that's how we notify you. Also, I got an email from somebody this week who uh, was a little upset. They said that they sent me an email a year ago to cancel their subscription. Okay. And uh, that I didn't do so. Uh, would they? Would I please do so now? And I just want to let you all know. For, oh, I hadn't. I searched through my email. There, there was no email. Yeah. Uh, but you you are in charge of your own subscription. You just log into your own PayPal account. So just, you know, don't feel locked in for life when you sign up. You can log right back in and go to your subscriptions and delete it at any time. There's no commitment, and you don't need me, or, or you don't have to wait for some response because I'm off gallivanting around the world. You can just uh, uh, log into your own PayPal account and, and end your subscription at any time. Terminate it. wanted anybody to know that. You don't yeah. have to. We're not really in control of it. I can go in. It's actually harder for me to go in and cancel it than it is for you so if you're fed up with us or or or, you know just times are tight that happens too just log in and cancel your own subscription i refunded him by the way his year of subscription yeah i don't want anybody paying they don't want to pay even though i didn't get the email i'm not going to go well suck it for you i'm keeping your 24 (laughs) dollars uh no i gave it back well there you go so what's that i gotta drink four less beers this week or something like that that's so. going to be tough. I think it would be tougher to do that than to go in and cancel his account on your end. <laughs> That's probably true. I mean, who knows? Yeah. All right. Uh, get updates and things uh, and, and stories and life and, and lessons on Twitter and stuff. Facebook. Yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Twitter is how you play the Twitter game. That's right. You can just search Brewing Network on any uh, of those things, and um, you know, we'll send you messages. We send you our life. We send <laughs> we'll you, send you messages. No, I don't know. We're going to we're going to slide some dick pics into the DMs, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what we do over there. Kim Shimke <laughs> does it, and yeah. she does a great job. I'm pretty sure it's relevant information. I don't know. I haven't heard any complaints. It's so. information. Yeah, okay, that's fair. All right, send feedback and show ideas over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and then Bevo can book your favorite guest, or we'll read your email on the air. All right, do we have a Twitter game tonight? We do. I was hoping that we had a Twitter game tonight. I always hope for, for Twitter games, you know? I, I know you, that. You, I know you, that about you. Do you believe me? Yeah, I do. All right. Uh, Twitter game today is brought to you. By White Labs. God, do I love that company, White Labs. Uh, and check out what they're doing. Uh, it's not just a... Wait, did we already miss it? Oh, it would be today. Voting starts on the 8th, August 15th, and August 20th. Okay, good. Today's your last day to do some of this. Here we go. Not just another brewery collaboration. Uh, this is a collaboration that puts you in charge. White Labs is asking you to help choose what beer they'll help, uh, that they will tap during special events at their San Diego and Boulder tasting rooms. So let's throw out those stiff style guidelines and get creative. Visit whitelabs.com slash SDBW. I think that stands for San Diego Beer Week, SDBW. And cast your vote for style, recipe, and yeast strains that will be used on the resulting beer. Voting start on uh, August 8th for the style. August 15th for the recipe, and today, August 22nd, for the yeast strain. 
So you can still get in there and vote. Cast your vote and join White Labs then on November 6th for a special tapping at their San Diego tasting room or November 10th at their Boulder tasting room. So once again, it's whitelabs.com slash SDBW. Go check it out. All right, what's our Twitter game? Well, this was going to be much more interesting when I thought that Doc was going to join us today. But uh, Uh, I I, I did uh, text him the other day. He and I text every now and then, especially when a Toto song comes on. I have to take a screenshot and and text it to him. Um, And then I asked him why he's not called a skeleton cleaner. You know, I just I send him weird random shit because he uh, cleans, you know, your teeth, right? Your bones. Yeah. They're so, your bones. Essentially. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Anyways. Um, and so he told me that he is now about to have a third child. He told me that. Okay. He's about to have a third child. Wow. So I thought. I thought he was stressed out. Yeah. Well, exactly right. So I thought after 11 years, us as a family, as the Brewing Network listeners, yeah. could name the name the thing. Okay. Let's name, name Doc's, Doc's new kid. Okay. Like my lead in, it was, you know, it's a little long way around, but it, I like got it. There. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was stuck on a birth control issue. <laughs> Doc uh, has no control. You should know that. Okay. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, boy. How old is he now? Uh, too old, I think, to be doing this. But, you yeah. know, hey, look, if it works downstairs, it works. It in- works. Uh, in pairs? I don't know. I'd have gotten that thing tied up a long time ago. Dude, are you kidding me? I was, sure. thinking about, I was thinking about my getting myself tied up just the other day. Yeah. I never had a serious thought process about that, but for some reason the other day I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not never going to use those parts, so maybe I should just tie them up. I, you know, I thought about it too and then not telling Taryn. Right. But I don't know. I guess I'm broken. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> I guess I'm broken. What's worse, you know, because there have been instances yeah. in history yes. where women have uh, what I call pulled the goalie. Yes. In other words, decided it's time to have children. So, you know, just, oh, sorry, the birth control disappeared or I don't know what happened. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Is it just as bad if a dude does that? I think it is. Right. Like if a dude just goes and gets but the reverse tied up. but it's the, the reverse, reverse way right but it's just as bad like to so, not talk about it and not tell anybody you're going to be unknowingly safe <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know it's like bringing a second coat because it might rain and not telling anybody <laughs> i just i don't know i'm just i'm being safe i'm being, <laughs> sure right being now. safe i'm I looking mean, i'm thinking of the results of the fertility test with the inevitable Fertility test, because that's what happens. Oh, like, I see. That's oh, true. Yeah, yeah I well, guess. Well, you got zero. I guess that's true. They don't see. I'm but, so naive. Sometimes I think if you go home and go, ah, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, no, no questions asked. Well, so then maybe you go to the doctor, but she's not going to go with you or ask to see the results <laughs> unless you have one she of those might. women who, who don't trust you completely. And then they go, yeah. well, let me see the, like, Taryn, I could, she's a pushover. Come on, are you kidding me? I'd be like, no, I don't know. The doctor said everything's fine, and maybe it's you. I don't know. And then one day in your email, she's going to. Maybe it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Evo. I didn't even pick up on that. You're a horrible person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She says she goes into a deep depression. Yeah, it's probably you. I mean, you've you've been through a lot. <laughs> you're, you're you're stressed. And just you want you to slow down and then and then but no need to go to the doctor. It's just look, if God wants us to have a baby. That's see, it's now this is where sometimes I wish I was uh religious, uh, because there's a lot you can get away with just by saying <laughs> It's God's plan. It's God's plan. <laughs> You know, uh, oh, Bev, turn your microphone. Certainly want. To just, Sorry, like, my. I wish laser beams could shoot out of my eyes. Me Sorry, too. my wiener stopped working. Guess God doesn't like it. God doesn't like it. Not a fan of the wiener. God guy. doesn't like your wiener. You made it. How but, sad is that? Right. Mm. 
Yeah, don't argue with me. I'm the sad one here. God doesn't even like my wiener. Yeah. Look, even Picasso, I'm sure, wasn't pleased with everything he did. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Name Doc's Baby. Name Doc's Baby. It's a new game. I love it. Should we do some feedback? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Feedback's brought to you today by our friend John over at the Beer Law Center. Go to BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. He protects the Hop Grenade trademark and has been doing so for a long time. He does a really good job of it. He can also do your TTB filings, especially if you're in North Carolina. And um, he's just an all-around good guy who really gets it. He doesn't send out those uh, super angry emails that a random non-beer lawyer would do. He's the beer lawyer. So go to uh, BeerLawCenter.com and check it out. I got an email about Burning Man this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a Burning Man homebrew club out there. Stay far away. <clears throat> I've been to at one or two of them in the past, and I don't know if this is one of them. But he says, hey, guys, I'll start off by saying that I visited the Hop Grenade last month. And, wow, it's a lot nicer than I anticipated based on my perception of you all as people. So good job with that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, he says, that's what I call professionalism. Yeah, exactly. You just hire out. Second, Burning Man's totally about to happen. I meant to reach out to y'all sooner. My friends and I run a homebrew bar camp called the Belligerent Gap, where uh, a Western-themed homebrew camp, and we're also a bunch of assholes, which, uh, if I understand correctly, is your kind of people. That's true. We like that. So a few of us brew all the beer and cider we serve out there, and we'll have roughly 175 to 200 gallons this year. A lot of it's great. Some not, but it'll get you drunk. That's homebrew. I mean, really. So, and he says, I guess for anybody listening who is going to Burning Man, I'll read the address. It's at uh, 545 and H. If you get uh, heckled upon entry, you probably deserved it. And I guess uh, he's saying that one of their brewers, DT, also organizes a homebrew tour on Tuesday. And he said it's exactly what it sounds like, a shit-faced crawl through a bunch of homebrew bars on the playa. And then there's a link to information about it, which I'll check out. So that's kind of... Now, when I first started going Tasty, if I remember right, and that was about uh, eight years ago or something, there was, I think, one homebrew camp. Yeah, that sounds right. And over the years, we've seen more and more, which is really cool. And the beer's gotten better, by the way, too. So that's pretty cool. You can go out to the middle of this event and now do a homebrew tour. Yeah. That's like your cup of tea. I'd be perfect. I'd love that. Uh, by the way, I'm bringing some cookies with me. Um, well, my friend had leftover <laughs> oh, yeah, tasty, yeah, sure. and I figure what? But I don't ever use you them. Need more, I mean, right? But I need give. gifts. Yeah. Oh, I would love more. It's like oh, such sure. a great gift to give. I'll give. Uh, that, I, mean, I have like a full sleeve right now. No, no, I need more. Than There's sixty thousand people on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you need the Johnny Appleseed yeah, of the you'll need an extra trailer. Man. But I'm terrible. Like it's a gift account, and I'm terrible at it. And I saw those in my freezer, yeah, and I was like, to... oh, I finally have something cool to give. They hold up pretty well in your pockets. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, when, do you do you make like a bunch and then freeze them and then dole them out? Like no, how long does it take? How many do you make? I make enough batch? for two weeks every other every oh, okay. two weeks. Oh, okay. Is your son still in on the gig? Like he helps out, or it's all you no, now? No, it's, all, it's a solo operation. No, it never was him. Oh, I see. I thought it was like a you sucked at it or something, but I, I thought that I too. That actually, maybe it's it starting to sound familiar. <laughs> my, my weed guy, uh, it's, it's stolen my whole idea. He he, he makes a lot of. Oh. Yeah, I'm making the same cookies. Oh, really? Them, yeah. yeah. Does he at least give you a discount now, like a finder's fee or something? No, and he charged me full price for weed and shit. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> yeah. What a dick. All right, well, cool. Yeah, What's I got to bring, bring some more cookies out. Yeah. I'll blurt it out. Give me his address. All right. Anyway, they're doing some uh, anniversary stuff. They got a Berliner Weitz <laughs> on tap and some other things. So he wants us to come by and say hi. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like it could be fun. Uh, yeah, I, I might go check it out. Yeah. Um, 
you know. Where all the beer is room temperature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My problem is I don't, like, have a... I'm not very... I don't schedule anything. So people go, oh, yeah. come by at 4 o'clock on Wednesday. <laughs> That's it, never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Same way at NHC. Like, we're going we're gonna to tap this keg of this Sean special fucking root beer float or whatever at 2.38. Yeah. Bro, unless I'm walking by, you're going to miss me. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, Max, I'll grab Doc and we'll try to get out there. He goes on to say, as far as feedback goes, I think I'm obliged to add something. So I'll say that Muse is awful and I don't like it. <laughs> so you should take it out of your intro or yeah. whatever. Or don't. That's okay, too. There you go. Noncommittal feedback. I love it. See, now I'm not going to go because there are, are some things in life that I do judge people by. Yeah. And, and not liking Muse, I think, is one of them. Well, you can't spell music without Muse, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, wait. Yeah, you can I mean, the guy, uh, I won't go into it. If you don't like music, you have a problem. I got a problem. Point in case in point. They're fine. They're fine. I just, from a talent perspective, the way that the singer, guitar player, (laughs) piano player, songwriter, all one guy. Yeah. Is su- he's a virtuoso. Right. He's a virtuoso on all of those instruments. Yeah. In a talent perspective. So you don't have to like the music, actually. But right. the there, it's not like the shit, like some bunch of kids getting there, like, I can play f- four chords of punk rock music. Like, the guy yeah. is actually a classically trained virtuoso. And yeah. then he puts it in these rock ballads, and you're like, yeah, anyway, fuck you, Max. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is about being a donor, Dear Asshats and Bevo. I just want to say thanks for all you guys do. I was laid off last year and had way too much time to catch up on the session uh, back when Justin actually hosted it. Brew Strong, Dr. Homebrew, etc. I told myself that when I was working full time again, I would start donating to the BN and help keep Justin away on whatever fucking mental vacation he needs at his time. Uh, well, lo and behold, last week I landed a full-time gig. Right. Yeah, good job, John. Uh, so to keep my promise, I've signed up as a corporal in the BN. Keep up the good work. I hope I stay employed so I can contribu- uh, continue to donate. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that, and, and thanks for sticking to your word. All right, Mason writes in. Uh, this is about, I guess we were talking about a double-wide sign last week. Yeah, so we were talking about if we were to start a studio in North Korea, what would it be called? Mm. And it was like Bevo's sad, double-wide sad time area or whatever. That's right. It's actually the name of my office. <laughs> it is. Okay, well, guess what, Bevo? He said, I just finished listening to the Pelican, uh, Pelican episode a couple moments ago. I own a laser cutter and a woodworking shop, so I will make you a free Bebo's Double Wide Sad Job Studio plaque if you haven't already (laughs) ordered one. I have not. Let me know if you're interested and we can discuss details. Mason, I will send your information over to Bevo. And I do think, look, there's a space right above your door (laughs) for the plaque so that people, even on the door, uh, there's room so people know what they're entering. Wow, I can have a, what's it called, a tile, a placard? Yes. It's it's like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A name plaque. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like your name or anything, but it's kind of is. It has your name in it. Yeah, it's long. It's going to be a big plaque. Vivo's <laughs> double wide sad job studio. Really, really small font. Uh, Mason, yes, please get to work right away. I'll yeah. connect you with Bevo. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then finally, uh, Casey writes in about complaining. Dear Brewing Network, right. the reason why people are concerned about your complaining is because everyone's afraid that you're going to cancel the show. I love the show. We love to hear what's going on. We just want you to be happy. 
This might be the nicest email I've ever received. And then, how does how, how do they sign off? Sincerely. That's the most sincere. Right? Right. It's like, that's the only time I think anybody's ever used the term sincerely and actually meant it. And meant it. I think this person really is very sincere about, about what she's saying. I read this earlier today and was, and was we just want to hear what's going on. And we just want you to be happy. And I almost <laughs> uh, was in tears. Very nice. What a very nice sentiment. That's what I want, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, fear not i can't cancel the show it still pays my bills and um (laughs) that's why and i am occasionally happy so what more could one ask right now right that's what a job is right so you're only occasionally happy yeah it's true that's why they call it a job i just meant in life but at the job too but yeah I mean, who's more than occasionally happy anyway, right? I don't know. I think I'm more than... Casey, you got to be more than occasionally happy, I'm, right? I'm, I'm over 50%. He's sure. high. <laughs> I wish. See, I do... I when just, I, even when I'm not high. I'm, I need to pick up smoking crazy. again. What do you think? Should I become a stoner again? Maybe I'll stop being such a pain in the ass. I thought you were all needy and emotional and... Oh, wait. <laughs> But maybe when I'm Less a stoner, so. I'll, it, it's, it'll take the edge off, right? It'll, I'll go back to like... Uh, <laughs> Didn't you have anxiety issues? Paranoia? I, I, I do. I get... Yeah. But not when I was a stoner, I didn't. It was only when I quit and then went back. Um, when you quit... Now I, I have anxiety well, issues. don't be a quitter. Right. I never should have quit. Although I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't quit. I, I had to get on with it. Where is that? Well, I, I have a job. Conquered. Here. <laughs> I would He's never here. be conquered right now. Come on, I own two companies. It's true. Um, I meant here in the literal sense, not like here is bad. You're you're here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd be here. I'd yeah. I just I'd, I'd exist. I would. <laughs> you know where I'd be? I wouldn't be in here. No. I'd be behind the bar or something like that. Like I'd still be a bartender or a Probably, server yeah. had I not quit smoking weed. Yeah. Or I don't know. Or maybe I'd be a, a creative genius. Maybe you'd be Michael Phelps. <laughs> that full smoke pot. Casey, thank you for the fine uh, piece of feedback. That was very nice of you. Uh, all right, I guess we'll, I guess we'll get on with it. Okay, let's do that. Should we do that? Yeah, why not, man? Uh, we got a lot to do tonight, um, and by a lot, I mean it's basically our normal schedule. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we are going to be talking to Ale Apothecary, which I'm excited about, and I'm excited to try their beer. We'll do that in just a moment. Triple eight four zero one beer, or hit the chat button on the homepage. Join us. It's the session. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. The Vault, created by White Labs. The Vault is a collection of new, creative, and unique yeast strains from around the world. These strains have never been available to homebrewers. Most have not even been available to professionals. You have the power to release the yeast. Through the Vault, White Labs is giving you the power to decide which strains are put into production and giving you the opportunity to brew with these strains. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault and pre-order the yeast strain of your choice and encourage
encourage your friends to do the same. Once 250 pre-orders have been achieved, White Labs will put that strain into production. The strain will be mailed directly to your doorstep, ready to make the beer you've always wanted to brew. This program was created with the home brewer in mind. White Labs is relying on you to help release these strains, which may blaze the way for future new and unique beers. Help release the yeast. Visit whitelabs.com slash the vault. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Brewing great beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. 
Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Camp Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Casters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. That's right. We're back, and we're here to remind you about Great Fermentations, a wonderful homebrew supply shop that supports this program. Uh, they've been very good to us, and they'll be good to you. You can go to greatfermentations.com and check them out. They've got the largest catalog of Brick, uh, Blickman products on the web and provide same-day shipping on some of the main ones where other vendors can take up to three weeks. Staff is some of the best trained using the Blickman products, and they offer top-notch customer service. Go like them on Facebook at GRA fermentation, great fermentation, um, and also Twitter and Instagram. Greatfermentations.com. All right, on the line with us right now, uh, we should have our uh, wonderful guest for today, Paul Arney from Ale Apothecary. Paul, are you with us? Oh, he hung up. It's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row? Did we have that problem last time? Uh, last week, just I wonder if sometimes what happens is uh, the number you are calling does not accept unidentified calls. If you are a solicitor, uh, we got that last time too. If you're a solicitor, eat my balls. Call him up, see what's up. I told him you would be getting a call from a weird number. Yeah, but he maybe it's a. This is going to be difficult because if it's on his whole phone line and he can't change that, but he would have, he would just call us then, right? Yeah, but then it's not going to sound very good. No, because we're doing it right. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. This is going to be tricky. Give him a call, Beaver, and see what you can do. So it's tricky to rock a rhyme. It's right on time. That's that's <clears throat> tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. Yeah, I'm looking at these bottles right here, man. I'm really excited about them. So what did he send us? He sent us a bottle, uh, something called Latash or Latash. Wait, I have like the full names of those, though. Like, yeah, okay, is what? there like a name and a full name? Am I oh, yes. This I'm right? sorry. The beer formerly known as Latash. Okay. Okay. And that is a wild and open fermented in the woods of Oregon. Beer. It's malted barley and wheat with uh, Goschi Farms hops. Uh, spent a year in Pinot barrels and dry hopped in oak, Oregon honey, and sourwort, and their yeast equals 100% natural carbonation from bottle fermentation. So they're bottle carving and they're using uh, honey and some wort. What, to, 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 prime to, the, to prime the bottles, uh, it sounds like, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, sugar and yeast, yeah. Yeah, but like you know, most people just throw in a primary no, sugar, crazy. I guess, or whatever. Yeah, but like, it's kind of a crazy. Thing. But honey and sour wort, so they're using well, wort yeah. from another batch. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then we have something called uh, "Who Whosoever Has Let a Minotaur Enter Them," or a sonnet. 
That's the name. <laughs> That's the name of the beer. We realize now that I have to stop making fun of the rare barrel <laughs> and start making fun of Ale Apothecary for their That's name true. scheme. That's true. Uh, apparently, this was brewed in conjunction with a poet friend, Emily Carr. Okay. Uh, and it was made with blackberries and love poems, it says. Oh. Um, in wine and bourbon barrels, like the mythical Minotaur. Minotaur beer is more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a tobacco finish, tastes like blackberries, like ripe blackberries, it says. Um, good. But there's no label on it. And it's kind of cool. Like, they have their... Um, like hang tags, essentially, you know, like packaging tags or whatever with their artwork. But the other one has on a label, right? The other, yeah. Yes, the okay. other one has a label, but the Minotaur, maybe that's a special, like, brewery release only or something like that. There's no, there's yeah. no label on that. I kind of like that. It could be out of the library, you know, where they keep the whole beer back. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the presentation, man. It has, you know, just a little, like, twine. Kind yeah, of like a burlap twine. Rustic, rustic looking. Yeah. It looks like the cork. twine you use, to hang, use for hops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like baling twine or Yeah, well, it was a special twine. I forgot to tell you. Oh. Hamper or something? It's a special I, kind of twine right. that the things grab onto these weird. Yeah. It should be hemp. Really. <laughs> yeah. It's all it's part hemp. of the same family. Come yeah. on, let's get real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it saves costs and looks cool. Yeah, yeah. it looks great. And I can't tech. wait to, to try this. Yeah, like I said, people uh, get really excited about these beers. And I know that the, uh, that, uh, the brewer, uh, Paul, is excited about them, too. He's, uh, his history was with Deschutes. For most of his career. Oh, wow. He's a, a trained brewer, so he did go to school. We're going to learn about that. Um, but he was with Deschutes for years and then opened his own place there in Oregon, too. So that's where they came from, Ale Apothecary. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about him, man. I've never really heard about him. Uh, and then I was talking to Dave at Flattail, and he's like, you know who you guys should talk to? Is Paul Ale Apothecary? I'm like I've never never heard of it. Ah, but because they don't really distribute all that. We talked about that in the last segment. They don't really send their beers down here. Sure, because, dude. They're like the brewery up here right now. Really? Yeah. So I kind of feel pretty lucky that we were able to get him on so soon, and he sent a couple beers, and they they uh, seem really nice. A very heavy duty, seven fifty mils, corked. Uh, which is good that we found our, our uh, decorker. You know what I mean? <laughs> I we haven't had him in here in a while, right? Thing. Right, we haven't had it in a while. And so, like, I brought the beers in. And I, I pull them out. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> we need we need a decorker, a corkscrew, a dick corker, a dick corker. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I think dick dick corker would be amazing. <laughs> it's a website, I think. <laughs> All right, I'm ringing up Paul now, so uh, we'll see if this one works. We got another number to try, and um, I don't know. In Oregon, you have to ride a bike to use the phone at the same time. I think. I think if it's if you've showered within three days, you can't use the, the you can't the use the phone. infrastructure. It has to be three days or more. It's an Oregon rule, unsha- right? Let's try it. Paul, are you with us? I am. Yeah. There Hi. we go. Success after all. How are you, Paul? Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, yeah, doing well. Thank you. Sorry about all that. I don't use the uh, the landline very often, but um, no problem. Uh, I learned something. Yeah, well, it sounds like uh, somebody there at your house was smart enough to block unknown calls. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's actually a good, <laughs> it's a good move. <laughs> I like it. All right. So uh, Paul is with Ale Apothecary, as uh, I've been saying. Paul, we just we were started to talk a little bit about you. We got your couple beers that you sent, so we were mentioning those, and we're going to taste them here in a minute. But before we do that, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been brewing beer, and, and where did you learn to brew? 
Um, well, I guess I, I started brewing um, with my pop, um, you know, when I was between the ages of 16 and 18, um, doing some homebrew. We didn't do a heck, heck of a lot of it, but we did a little bit and, uh, you know, enjoyed ourselves and um, carried that on to uh, when I graduated from college with a degree um, in geology and, you know, had no idea or clue on how to use it. Um, and so <laughs> right. was out there kind of just, you know, I don't know. I, I talk, I tell a lot of people this and they all, a lot of people agree that, you know, the way that college is set up these days, um, not a whole heck of a lot of help how you get into the working industry. Um, and so I was ended up working in a coffee shop and, um, this, this fellow kept coming in, um, Drinking quad tall mochas, uh, he was chatty, um, but he was he ended up being the uh, uh, the brewer at our local brewery down there, Glacier Peak, and the, the brewer was um, his name was Tom Munoz, and he let me um, shadow him for a little bit and, uh, and you know mess up one of his brews, of course, <laughs> um, and so you know, and at that point he was kind of sharing with me, you know, you can you know, take some of that education and, uh, you know, go to school for something like this and, and learn more. And, um, and so I looked into that and ended up, um, putting myself through, um, Davis, uh, oh, Brewers program in, um, 1995, 96. Um, and along the way kind of spent some time, a buddy of mine was brewing at Maritime Pacific up there in Seattle. So I spent some time with him there. Um, but when I got out of school, I, uh, ended up going, to, uh, getting a job down at Deschutes Brewery in 1996 and was there in, in two different, uh, uh, segments. One of the first one was 96 to 2003. And the second one was 2004, late 2004 until 2011. Wow. And then I started my own project. Okay. So you're at Deschutes for a while, uh, which by the way, I'm yeah, a, uh, yeah, I know it's it, in that career. <laughs> right? But that I was going to I'm a big fan of Deschutes. I think they make wonderful beer, so I, it really seems like a great place to learn about all different styles of brewing. Oh yeah, no, it's fabulous, you know, and then on top of that, we had, you know, in the times that I was there, we had three um wildly different brew houses, you know, we had our you know, 10 to 12 barrel, uh, pub operation, um, you know, single infusion type thing. And then we had our, um, 50 barrel JV, um, very manual, uh, production brewery that, uh, that's what I ran, um, production on for a very long time. And then, you know, I was part of the, uh, the Hootman 150 barrel complete automation, uh, new brew house as well. So it was like, it was, you know, being able to see all these different elements and, and seeing the same beers across those brew houses too, yeah. um, was, was really, really something to learn from. Yeah. I, I would think a lot to learn how to make consistently the same beer across those, those platforms is, uh, was a big learning curve. How many, by the time you left, because I know Deschutes grew quite a bit, how many brewers would you say were there? 10, 20 brewers? Um, oh, you mean like how many we, we had on sh- on, the, on the schedule? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. 2011. Yeah. You... Yeah. It was, it was like over 14, 14 to 16 maybe, something okay. like that. Wow. Yeah, a lot of production. So, yeah. I mean, maybe this sounds like a silly question, but everyone has different answers. What what made you decide to go off on your own and, and do your own project after that? Um, well, it's actually really easy, you know, like, I mean, just like we've been talking about it, it was a, it was a great place to learn. Um, a lot of great people. Uh, and I had learned through those years, uh, the things that I liked about brewing and identified myself as a brewer and took great pride in the the fact that, that this is this craft that goes back, 
you know, it's one of the one of the first occupations of, um, you know, civilized human beings in some circles. It's a, you know, there's a long history tradition, and you know, um, I appreciated the skill and all the things I learned. Um, and so, when the time came, uh, you know, I I reached uh, the lofty assistant brewmaster status, and was running research and development stuff down at the uh, public house. Uh, so I was on the small brew house system. I was creating brews. I was brewing. I was sharing uh, my knowledge of how to make beer with with our younger brewers. Um, but you know, with with a you know a company of that size and the nature of things, you know, it makes sense when the brewmaster the brewmaster wants the assistant brewmasters to learn you know, learn all the ropes, you know, so when, yeah. when he steps away, uh, others can fill in. And so there came a time when they asked me to, you know, leave what I've been doing and move into the, you know, operations of sellers, which, you know, consisted of, you know, budgets and schedules and, um, you know, a lot of uh, non-brewing related tasks and sitting behind the desk and uh, it just, it did not fit well with me. And so, you know, at that point I, I chose to leave Okay. to continue brewing. Uh, and then when you left is when you opened Ale Apothecary or was there something in between? No, no. I mean, I, I gave them uh, a long notice. I think it was like a three or four months notice uh in with the idea that i had to figure my shit out before um before i i walked out the door because you know the the wife and i had uh really risked a lot uh financially to to get this really awesome piece of property up here in the woods um and in fact when we when before we made the deal i I promised her you know hey uh, i'll work at the shoes brew forever you know to maintain this mortgage honey don't worry about it of course (laughs) course. yeah and you know and then you know what was it it's 2007 when we moved in here and i left in 2011 you know i didn't last that long i had to kind of get my wits under me and come up with a plan and the plan was your own brewery yeah, yeah. The plan was to um, do something different and uh, unique, and try to tie this this really special place in with the the project, and um, you know, um, you know, use all the things that are that are special to uh, that that I find special, or the things I find value in with my family and work, and, and try and just tie it all together. You know, the the big thing was if, if the brewery. Um, was able to uh, work, then we would be able to keep this property, you know, and if, if this brewery venture um, wasn't to be, you know, we'd have to move on. And I think that for me was this really liberating thing. Like, I mean, granted, I, I spent my entire 401k and, and borrowed money to, to try and pull it off. But in the end, it allowed me to not uh, go down um, Paths that maybe I well that I know that I wouldn't have wanted that would have made me terribly unhappy and yeah. um, it allowed me to stay true to my vision. I like your style. So it sounds to me because I, I don't have all the details, but it sounds to me like you you bought a, a wonderful piece of property there in Oregon that you really love, and then you built the brewery on the property that you live on. Is that right? Yes, yeah. So we we do live you know we live on the property, and basically the the, the way that it worked out is now we have, uh, you know, we've got uh, the water comes from up here, you know, and we've 
cultured this yeast and uh, bacteria, um, you know, mixed fermentation culture um, with, uh, you know, mutated lab yeast and wine yeast and the stuff in the air up here. Um, and we've got about a 500 square foot uh, brewery where we do our open primary fermentation in oak. And we have one Doug Fur fermenter or Doug fermenter. Um, and once the beer goes from the open fermentation to aging barrels, we bring it down into town where we have a 5,000 square foot uh, barrel aging cellar, bottling area, and uh, we're building out our tasting room right now. Ah, okay. I'm glad you ended with that because when you said <laughs> I have a 500 square foot brewing facility, I was like, oh, Jesus, no wonder the beer's so expensive. But then um, I, then you say, oh, I have 5,000 square feet to actually a, a facility to store all this elsewhere down in town. So Right, yeah, because okay. the, the process to make the beer takes close to two years. Got it. Wow. Oh, yeah. we got to have a place to store it all. <laughs> of course. Well, so I don't know if you know this, but we broadcast our show from the Hop Grenade Tap Room here in Concord. Uh, it's my other company. And uh, a few months ago, we we actually were able to get some of your beer uh, for, well, a few months ago, actually, back in February. For uh, SF Beer, we did, we did a sour event, and you were kind enough, and I know this doesn't happen very often, but to arrange to get us beer down here for our sour event and you have no idea how excited um not only the uh, the people around here to try your beer but my staff was going out of their mind like uh, they almost wouldn't let us sell the beer they all wanted to buy it first right on hey. <laughs> they were so excited that's great we no, were, that's fantastic that, that makes my day i love it it was cool <laughs> and it was re- we had a great event you were a big part of it and i like i said i know you don't do that very often so we we were honored and i i actually hadn't tried your beer up until to that point, but my staff who had, tra- had done some traveling through Oregon, they knew about it and just absolutely loved it. So, um, should we bust one of these open? Speaking of beers, yeah. So, you sent us a couple beers, Paul, and uh, let me read this and you can tell us which one to open. I have to admit something to you first. There's a local oh, brewery here, you're that- gonna open up the Latash first. The Latash, okay. So, start the Latash, okay. And so, one of our local breweries here, the Rare Barrel. Uh, whom we love. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I make fun of them constantly for the way that they name their beers. I, I won't let it go. That's because a keen observation. They have the dumbest Justin. name in Sore Sold and the longest name. They know I feel this way, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading in your pre-interview now. The beer we're about to try is called the beer formerly known as Latash. Now this one's not so. This name's not so bad. I, I do want you to explain it. But the next one that we're going to try is, whosoever has let a minotaur enter them or a sonnet, is the full name. Do I have that right? Yeah, and I, evidently I picked the two beers with our longest names. <laughs> you did. Right now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy about them. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the good news. Uh, the good news is for the Rare Barrel. I now have to stop making fun of them and move my uh, – you're now my new target, Paul, <laughs> for beer names. Great. Great. You know, I mean, like I say, we don't have a sales and marketing budget, so, uh, you know, <laughs> anything is good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, That's it, true. Any yeah. publicity. It needs a name. Let's do it. All right. Tell us about yeah. Latash. All right. Well, the, the story there, this is the longer the two stories, by the way. So, uh, you know, with sisters tagging on, you'll be like, okay, I can read this <laughs> to the next, the next one's easy. Uh, this one, um, when I was in brew school, I was a good friend of mine, Niall Zachary, who uh, runs Madfix down in uh, St. Helene. Are you familiar with this brewery? Yes. Madfix, uh, yeah. So uh, he has been a vintner. 
for the past, uh, you know, 20-ish years, 17 years or whatever since we met her dealer. So we stayed friends. Um, when I was down there uh, ages ago, um, before I started my project, you know, I, I, he was showing me around one of these fancy final wineries he was working out, and he had this little dog with him. The little dog had a spot on the back of the dog, and he named his dog Taj, and he told me that the word Taj meant spot. Um, and for some reason, that stuck in my mind, and here I am years later, uh, working on brewery, and initially, I was only going to make one beer. It's a holy beer with our flagship, and um, there's so much crazy stuff going on with the brewing industry, and I want to do something different. And, um, one of the way I was going to kind of emulate Orval, right? So, like, we're going to make one beer, uh, bottle condition, it's going to be great when it's uh, fresh, it's going to age out, and it's going to change, and we're going to just, you know, kind of emulate that whole model. Um, well, very quickly after doing that, I realized, you know, I'm in America, and when you walk into a bar uh, or a bottle shop, you're trying to tell you where, and the guy looks up, and he's, he's like, okay, I've heard a little bit about you. We'll take, you know, we'll take two cases of every brand you have, and you've got one brand. It's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change things. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make another beer. Um, and so I was making this other beer in a, you know, in one of these fermenters that I create out of, out of barrels and punches. Um, and this barrel had a spot on it, and so I named the barrel Taj. I named all my barrels names and stuff just to give them something besides the number of barcode or something. Um, so I named this barrel Taj, Lataj. Um, and so when the beer came out, I was just like, I'm just going to call the beer Lataj because, you know, we're doing this Frenchy champagne uh, method and the bottle conditioning. Um, and, you know, the beer name thing is such a pain in the ass. It's like, you know, nobody has got a beer name Lataj. So I called the beer Lataj. I uh, went through the process of getting the um, label designed and getting it approved by the Fed, and, you know, of course, put it on social media. Look, everybody's got a gene number two. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, you know, that's, you know, you know Niall follows me, and he, you know, he, he, we're, we're kind of in touch with each other. And he, uh, he got back in touch and was like, hey, Arnie, uh, just to let you know, I need my dog after one of the most um, sought-after wines in the world, um, you know, made by the DRC. The wine's called the Pazzi in the spot where the good grapes go. You know, of course, I don't buy $6,000 bottles of wine very often. So it's <laughs> right. well off my radar. Right. Um, but so that's, that's when I added the beer formerly known as in hopes that the DRC would take note of this tiny little brewing mistake and I could wave it around like this flag. I think you noticed this, you know, but they haven't noticed this. No such luck. Okay. So, no, right. no. So we still have the beer formerly known as the Taj, which, you know, and after, you know, Prince's. Uh, Sad passing recently, you know. I, yes. I, was, I was kind of proud to have this beer already lined up, and it's like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's been no miles to my particular time in history, and um, it's passing me up. I, I love it. I, I agree with you. It's it's actually a great and and most of the names I make fun of the rare barrel for are great names too. Uh, so this one's good. The next one I uh, might have to talk to you about. <laughs> um, all right. Before you, re- you read on there, you read on there. It's a collaboration between myself and a poet. I hope. Yeah, I, I did. Although I start here. Here's what I do. I started complaining first before I read the whole thing. I start going, God <laughs> damn it! Here's another one with the long name, and and I'm These going organ to, people. I'm going on, on and on. Yeah, and then I got to the end, and I saw that it was a collaboration with a poet, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. And I mean, and to be honest, like I've referred to that beer just as Minotaur ever since, you know, Emily and I decided to work on this project. Um, and only when we made the label, like I talked with her, it's like, well, we should, you know, let's, we should just make the book and the label, the beer have the same name. And, um, you know, I just refer to it as Minotaur, um, but we went ahead and put the whole thing on the label just to, you know, just to kind of finish the whole thing out. But it's, it's, I never refer to either one of those beers as, you know, they're full. <laughs> How ridiculous would that be? He's like in the tasting room just going, oh, would you like another, uh, whosoever has let a Minotaur enter them or a sonnet? <laughs> yeah, it's, is that it's an like, option? It's like those people that you know will be talking in you know their their Pacific Northwest version of English, except when they say a French or a Spanish word, and then they try to have that right inflection on it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. hey guys, let's go out for a hinchadas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you need to be very cu- yeah. you know too I mean? culturally sensitive. Totally I think, is what you have to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have no culture. You know what I mean? It's like I'm trying to create my own culture, and it's, uh, it's, it's painful sometimes. <laughs> See, that's you know what? You and everybody else in Oregon uh, is trying to create your own culture. We can see it when we pass through. <laughs> but you're doing a good job. Uh, it sounds like you're off the grid there quite a bit. Are you, how far away are you from, like, civilization? <laughs> no, not that far. It's beautiful. Oh. It's a, it's only like ten miles, you know. And okay. actually, um, we've had a local company install some fiber optic cable that we should be tapped into here pretty soon and nice. getting out of CenturyLink's awful quads. They just don't care. <laughs> so your tasting room is, is ten miles down the road. Uh, yeah. yeah. So basically, the yeah the brewery's up uh, west of town. Um, we're up at about forty seven hundred uh, feet in elevation. Oh, and we've wow. got, up here, it's a little cooler. You know, we've got conifers and pines, and you know, down down Bendway, we've got more pines and junipers. Um, but yeah, right on the west side of town, I've got a uh, our, our barrel facility is uh, in this old mill area. Not the old mill. There's a shopping district called the old mill, but Bend was a big mill town back in the day, and so. Uh, there's one that's on the west side of town that this fellow's uh, renovated, and, and that's where I've got my that's where I've got my spot. Okay. Now, when you mentioned that open fermentation and, and barrels, so you're are those covered with like a cloth or something, or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, I cover them with muslin. muslin yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. All right. So, can you describe the beer uh, to our listeners for us? We're drinking the Latash, and uh, before I chime in with with what we're tasting, I'd like to hear it from you. Uh, just describe, you know, uh, what what beer you were going for, and you can even go into the ingredients, any of the brew process. You, you go as in, in depth as you want. Okay, great. Um, well, you know, the the, the beautiful thing about um, the beers that, that we're creating here is I've tried really hard not to have um, an outcome when I'm making the beer, you know, like, um, the, the project has been to try to make beer, uh, that is unique to the region. It's unique to itself and it has its own particular characteristics that you couldn't duplicate if you tried to make elsewhere. Uh, you know, basically stole a lot of uh, stuff from the, the wine world as far as how they present their, their, their value to the consumers, you know, to close the brewing side of things where, you know, what we're used to is like consistency and mass quantities. Um, I'm trying to talk about smaller, um, unique, and localized, right? And so we're fortunate enough to get our, our barley malt from Mecca Great Estate Mall, which is up in Madras. It's uh, Seth Kwan and his family. They've had their their farm for um, near probably 100 years or so, and Seth's uh, kind of getting the reins to it now, and he's taking its direction, and they're growing this super awesome barley malt with the help of OSU. And uh, and it's just uh, it's a really great match because as of 
2016, um, I can now say that all of our raw materials come from very specific local regions in the state of Oregon. All like of our, them our do. Our water and yeast culture. What's that? All of them do. That's amazing. Uh, like, it is words, amazing. Yeah, it's not really just a portion. I'm trying That's... to figure out how I can get on the soapbox here and, and, and shout it to the world, you know. <laughs> it's, it's very unique. It's very unique. <laughs> but, it really is, yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, the water and the, the yeast, uh, you know, come from up here on our property. Uh, the malt comes from the uh, Mecca Great Estate Malt up there in Madras. You know, we get our hops from Dale Goshi's Farm in Silverton. And we're using um, local honeys now for our uh, bottle conditioning uh, from a carbohydrate, you know, from the oh. For a bottle conditioning, um, so really, really pushing the local thing and the unique, or the, the, you know, we could basically go directly to these farms, you know, which uh, makes me feel good. You know, it's a mm-hmm. barley malt, and and even hops to a certain degree can be very, very commoditized, and uh, um, things that are shipped all over the place and stored here, and um, you know, they can have a very large carbon footprint, and um, it's. It's just been astonishing to see the quality of this stuff when you get a bag and it's got like it's was malted, you know, two weeks ago. Uh, and I can go up to Seth's and we can check out his his land. And he's like, yeah, this is where we're going to plant your rye. That's where we're planting your wheat. Um, and, you know, this is what we're doing with the barley malt. And um, anyway, that's not specific to the Latage, but uh, that's okay. the Latage yeah. and the Saheli, both, those two beers um, are kind of our uh, house character beers. So we're using his, he refers to, to his, it's kind of like a Pilsner malt, and he calls it Pelton. Um, his Pelton malt with some wheat, uh, so the malt component is, is fairly minimal, uh, and it's non-intrusive. You know, it's there to support everything that's going on, but it's not out in your face. Um, and it really lets the, the, the house characteristics of what our brewery is about shine through, you know. So you can get the... Uh, the additional honey elements from that bottle fermentation and that really lovely, you know, that really um, exquisite carbonation, um, and you get that the characteristic of the, the funk, but a not overwhelming funk, mm-hmm. and the, the the acid profile that we're getting from our uh, sourwood culture, um, you know. So it's that's kind of like this is this is this is our brewery, you know. That's how that's how it's uh, um, displayed through the Latash. Is there any ginger in this beer? No ginger. No ginger. It comes through somehow. Ginger. You're getting ginger. I'm getting a little ginger in a, lo- in a lovely mm. way, by the way. Uh, it's yeah, like not a, like a spicy, but like a, like a, like maybe like a sweeter yeah, portion of the like ginger. Yeah, like a subtle, sweeter pour. Actually, a little spicy, though, too. I get a little okay. heat on the tongue from it. And it does taste like wild fermentation to me, though, too. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's your culture, um, Paul, but I just thought maybe either in the course of the wild fermentation, it's picking up a hint of that, or maybe that you it's present enough for me that I thought maybe you even added it. Um, but there's also... No, no, and, you know, it could be the honey as well. The whole This whole honey thing is uh, is also really new to us. You know, we're, we're seeing more, um, I guess, drift in each packaging. Basically, each you know, we've got those batch dates on the bottles, and each one of those batch dates basically represents one barrel's worth of beer, one oak barrel's worth of beer. We package, oh, you know, okay. it's like me and Jared. We're the guys that are holding this thing down. Um, and he's brewing, and I'm doing the cellar work and doing the packaging and all the other crap that comes with running the business. Yeah. Um, but all that paperwork you, you didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they're saying they're single barrel um, vintages. Okay. And there's yeah, no, no, and that, the whole idea is is in, we're not we're not playing this blending card like a lot of breweries, yeah. which I get. You know, you want they they want to have a target acidity and they want to have a target flavor profile. 
or they're trying to make the best beer possible. And I totally support all that. But yeah. my approach is that I am just, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a man, you know, I'm just doing what I can. And these microorganisms and these processes, I can only do so much. And, and it's, to me, it's like the, that single malt whiskey. Like when you, um, you have something that's, uh, that's for a, a, a picture or window in time, a snapshot in time. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So we're making the same beer. Um, and they have, so, you know, so you can have a Latage with a, you know, a May or a January or a September batch date, and they're going to all have certain shared elements. But there's these things that I can't control. I can't control Mother Nature, can't control what the barrel, you know, because we use different barrels. And each barrel, you can put the two same exact beers in two different barrels and come out with two different beers. Yeah. That excites me. So as opposed to trying to blend those nuances away, I want to present them right out in front, you know, like you're going to, you, and, you know, luckily we've got places that support this, like the beer mongers up in Portland, you can actually go up there and they'll sometimes have three different vintages of Latage up there. Wow. Um, nice. And there's some people that get excited about that. You know, you can, you can get all three of them. They're the same exact beer, but they're bottled and brewed in different dates. Um, and the beers are going to actually taste, um, they're going to have subtle nuances that are different from one another. Well, and that- actually with this honey thing is actually being increased. I've noticed. So I'm going to ask you about that in a second. I, I do just want to say that another reason people blend is a lot of times to add complexity. But this beer is plenty complex uh, with the, the ginger notes, the, uh, some some wild uh, fermentation, some lemongrass I'm picking up. And, I mean, all sorts. It is plenty complex on its own just coming from a single barrel. Yeah, there are even even some uh, some apricot yeah. qualities, too, yeah. coming through. It's a lot. Is, it sounds like it's just the... Bugs, uh, or and and maybe uh, this honey. So let's talk yeah. about this honey. Because- the bottle from you know, the, the bottle fermentation, even without the honey, the bottle fermentation is extremely important. You know, uh, okay. it sometimes takes three to six months, and we do it with our mixed culture, and it adds an incredible amount of, uh, of of characteristics there. You know, generally they're fruit, you know, fruit oriented, tropical fruit type stuff. Um, that's why I'm thinking that that honey may be the source of where that ginger ginger element's coming from. So that's an interesting concept that you're using. A lot of people will just use uh, simple sugar, right? Uh, corn sugar or anything to you know just you just need some sort of little fermentable uh, to bottle condition. But you're choosing honey. It sounds like because it's a local product, but obviously honey has a lot of flavor. So I would guess that your beer pre and post bottle conditioning tastes very different. Yes, yeah, and actually when we do our little tasting sessions down at our cellar, um, we'll start with a beer that we've just pulled out of the barrel that we're going to bottle. You know, So out of our little bottling tanks, we'll take a sample, and then we'll taste one that has uh, been through the bottle conditioning phase. Um, and you're right. You're totally right. Um, and if you think about it, like I mean, it, it comes down to almost a tablespoon of honey okay. um, per bottle. So it's not insignificant. And, you know, I mean, yeah. and just to kind of get on – the other reason why I go this this length and a lot, a, kind of this ideology thing is, I'm I'm one of my one of my mantras is art over industry, um, and I'm really trying hard not to use um, industrial processing aids. And there's a whole litany of things that brewers will do to move the beer through the brewery faster. Um, you could have glycol to chill the tanks and drop the yeast out of solution. You could have whirl flock, you know that. Um, Irish moss agent that'll help drop proteins out of the, the beer. You can have calcium sulfates and all sorts of mine salts to, you know, get your pHs right. There's all sorts of things that brewers can use. Forced carbonation that carbonate beers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about dextrose, these sugars that are coming from these factories that who knows what goes into making these things. Um, 
those are the elements that I'm trying to avoid using in my beer. And so I'm, I'm trying to do something, you know, that uh, I believe a lot of the origins of the Belgian brewing traditions uh, rely on, which is this, you know, I'm, li- I'm trying to limit myself on how many options I have because I really believe that's where the, the brewer's creative brain comes in. Um, when you go through a catalog and you can basically order whatever you want, it feels like you're being creative, but um, in my experience... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the real creative thing when you can really discover something new is when you really don't have any options and you got to use your brain and figure it out. I think that's an excellent point. Yeah, you're, you're, well, t- you're taking the, the hard route, but it sounds like it pays off. Yeah. And you're using boutique, like it pays well, boutique yeah, ingredients you know, <laughs> to make a boutique product. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting all excited here. Yeah, go ahead. No, please, so are we. Carry sorry. on. Yeah, we're, all, we're doing the same, but go ahead. Well, no, I mean, it's just uh, I, I, one story I have is uh, um, a few years ago, I did a speech for the the Northwest NBA chapter. Um, very nerve-wracking because it was a year or two after, well, yeah, two years after I left the shoots. Um, still very new into my whole endeavor and didn't have any, like, street cred, really. Um, and here I was about to give a uh, discussion to about 400 brewers, you know, contemporaries that, that you know, um, may share, may not share my opinions on how I think about things. Um, and one of the best examples I could have about the why I want to do things is uh, I've got this, this buddy in town. Uh, his name's Hunter Dahlberg, and he runs uh, a forge. He's, his, his little company is called the Ryan Forge, and he makes stuff out of metal. And he has this uh, this logo that he uses, which is basically, uh, you know, kind of a sketch version of him beating the shit out of some piece of hot metal on an anvil, right? It's very, you know, it's it's very old world. You look at it and you're like, oh, my God, that's fucking cool. And then when you go see Hunter, that's exactly what he does. It's not... <laughs> It's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a literal example of what he does. Yeah. And here I was, you know, um, experiencing this same feeling through a coaster about this Belgian brewery, um, which I'm not actually going to name, but, um, showed this monk, you know, stirring the mash or stirring something in an oak barrel in this, you know, kind of caverny place with stone walls and barrels as far as you could see, no stainless. But then when I went and searched the brewery on the internet, what comes out, you know, is that the brewery that they're making all this beer on is this state-of-the-art, totally automated system, and it really brought me down. It really brought me down, and uh, I was just like, you know, that is not going to be me. Like, I am going to celebrate this this brewer's art that I love so much, and uh, I'm going to try and figure out how to make beer in the, using tools that maybe we lost along the way due to, you know, prohibition or industrial revolution or whatever. You know, people have been making beer for thousands of years right and here we are um in the modern age and we can look back you know we can look back 100 years we can look back 125 years but it's really hard to look back much further than that um and so that's kind of where you know like working with the shoots for so many years gave me this uh, this knowledge and this um this uh i guess um confidence to put me in a position where i'm like okay i i know certain basic things but I'm going to, you know, place this here. I'm going to do this here, and um, we're going to see where it goes. And um, that's kind of why I was saying that about the Latad. It's just like I just get so excited because it's like it's like traveling, um, you know, without an itinerary. Sometimes you end up in those places that uh, you would have never ever imagined you could have been. Sure. Right? If you would have planned the whole trip out and made all your reservations, the trip would have gone great. 
but you wouldn't have you know stumbled on that one thing that you talk about for the next 25 years and you're kind of backwards engineering your beer in a sense it sounds like like the with the state-of-the-art equipment that you've worked on before and so no and, and also you started on on some not so state-of-the-art equipment so you went all the way uh, through the gamut and now with all of that knowledge you're making the beer the way you want to and it does feel like you're kind of backwards engineering because it doesn't sound like you're using zero technology and you're afraid to use modern um, uh, techniques you're just sort of combining uh, the different you know maybe classic techniques things way farther back with some of the newer stuff maybe to find your own maybe you're using modern techniques to refine the classics yeah right perfectly yeah yeah hopefully you know i mean and there's also there's also the financial element which um right you know doing this thing um with my whole deal like i'm leaning on these old world methods because i can't afford to buy certain things and um as time goes on you know and like like we're building out this tasting room now um it's totally uh different because i mean i'm looking at this like oh i can actually go out and buy an upright cooler in cash and i can do certain things with cash money where i wasn't able to before which is going to make some of these things a little easier but yeah yeah i I don't consider myself a luddite so much but Mm -hmm. it's nice to know that you know i mean one of the things that really cracks me up is just the way that we mash in you know it's it's so so rudimentary but here we are we can produce this beer that um we can uh we can wow the 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 people who know beer and we can get people who don't particularly care for beer to enjoy it um and it's just uh i remember this this one time i was when i was working at dishes brewery and i was at this event down in vegas it was some nightclub and bar show it was really really crazy yeah but uh so we had this in cap and we're standing there and we're we're sharing our beer and stuff and dudes from heineken come over Hmm. And I'd never, ever seen so much attitude and how much they looked down their noses at us about, oh. um, you know, us being this small American brewery and how we didn't know anything. And, um, you know, I just wish those guys could see me now. I wish mm-hmm. I could bring them to my brewery and just be like, yeah, this is how we make beer. And, yeah, that's what I'm charging, and I cannot make enough. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, beer is awesome. Beer is so awesome. Well, you're obviously making a big, big difference there. No, sorry, Jared's uh, uh, my my assistant brewer here. He's uh, he just was finishing mashing and no, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm right just when saying, I'm saying beer is awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you touched on you you, know, you mash in a little bit differently. Let's talk about your brew system a little bit. Uh, your ferment size is one barrel clearly. And uh, what, what's your brew house size? Oh, I'm sorry. No, my uh, my fermenter sizes are I can, I can do. Oh, I have three uh, oak punchins with the heads removed oh, I see. that I do three barrel ferments in. Okay. And then we have one uh, Doug Fur tank, which we do our four barrel ferments in. Those are both open fermenters. And so, yeah, they're all all four of those are open. We have three um, three punchins and then one tank. Um, they're all open. Right. The tank is just I guess I refer to that because it's, we we purchased it as a wood tank, not as an oak barrel that we modified. That's okay. Well, and so, so we'll uh, we've got these two uh, two oak barrels that we've modified to use as mash tuns. So we've outfitted them with um, false bottoms and valves on the bottom and stuff. And um, we mash in the night before we brew. So uh, just like I was saying, Jared just uh, mashed in um, a brew right now, and so uh, you know we we, t- we target the upper one fifties. Um, and then we, we've got these funny little uh, wool koozies <laughs> that we call them. We, we we dress them up in for the night. Okay. Uh, we had a local uh, keep the uh, temperature. Teamster, uh, I'm sorry. That's to keep the temperature constant, or more, or keep it up. 
Well, not necessarily constant, but just trying to keep it up. And, you know, in the morning time, uh, the temperature will be around the, the low 140. So we kind of got this reverse, um, reverse you yeah, know, sure. step infusion thing going on. We're going yeah. through the uh, the alpha um, amylase for us before the beta, which actually works out pretty well for us. Well, this um, is all over, anyway, over, you know, overnight. Become, like yeah. in the future. In the future, we're gonna, you know, we'll we'll commission a beautiful wood louder tun. But for now, we're using these oak barrels, which our efficiency is is, you know, we get about eighty percent efficiency out of them, and it's it's you know it's because of leaving it overnight, and then uh, the following day when we run off to a, we've got a three barrel um, handmade copper kettle from uh, this guy named uh, Jimmy up in. Olympia. Uh, Jimmy and Olympia. He runs Craftsman Copper. And Love it. Yeah, you can find him. Craftsman Copper. The guy's yeah. awesome. He's okay. built and I believe he's building his second kettle now. Um, but we'll run the word off into the brew kettle. And um, what we'll do is we do this. Uh, it's like it's, a, it's called Party Guile. Um, so we run, the, we run the word off. We hydrate the mash again. We run that off. And then the third time, we'll, uh, we'll actually mix, mix up the... Uh, um, the mash and boil off and then run off. And this is this is all because the grain bed's so deep that if we were just to do that, you know, fly or batch sparging type thing, mm-hmm. we'd end up losing a lot of extract um, because of the depth of the grain bed. Okay. Just the shape of the, so, of the grain bed. You know, we're making that up by, you know, adding time under a brew day and, you know, mashing it overnight. Um, I mean, additionally, the, uh, the overnight mash gives us... Uh, some oxidation and some microbial action at some level. There's some intangible thing going on there that uh, we've we tried to do dupl- not duplicate. We've done shorter mashes, you know, traditional or our, our contemporary traditional um, mashing, you know, like an hour or two, and we just do not get it. It's it's uh, so. Um, so and you- then kind of go back initially to what we were talking about. Like I've tried to govern the growth of this brewery. Um, to make sure that we stay kind of focused on what we're supposed to be focused on. So this overnight mash and this long brewing process prevent me from growing the brewery too fast. <laughs> right. And, uh, sure. Um, you know, can, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's days that I curse it, but most of the time I'm, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> um, and so we'll run off to the brew kettle. We'll add, we'll add, we'll boil for about three hours uh, most of the time. Um, I think we're doing a really long boil tomorrow. We're doing a really long boil tomorrow. Yep. So tomorrow we're doing what's, an extremely long boil. Because, what's the you know, point like of the? Before, we're trying to. Uh, I get the long. I get I'm the. Over, I get the overnight mash. It's kind of a sour mash technique, right? And and you talked about what you. No, get from no, that. it's not a sour mash at all. It's not, not a sour not mash. A sour mash at all. Why not? What's no, the difference? No, the, the temperature is too high. Oh, okay. And we don't really get much lacto going on in there, and the, the, ah, the uh, you know okay. I read about the uh, the Finnish guys when I was I I cut down this tree and made this <laughs> Finnish kerna out of it, you know. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I apologize. Guys. No, that's all right. My yeah. fault. But, yeah, so just really? for my listeners, too, explain the difference then. Be- it would have to be colder to be a, 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 a true sour mash type of thing? That's my understanding of yeah, it like anyway. You know, like, because we're, okay. not, we're not getting any acidity out of it. Got we're it. not getting any pH drop necessarily out of the overnight mash. Okay. Um, we're getting a deeper color saturation. We're getting slightly more um, efficient mash. Um, you know, the beauty as a brewer, you know, you walk in the morning and you just start running off the brew kettle. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's really awesome. You know, I mean, if you're not trying to just churn brews out, you know, and that's yeah. one thing I was trying to avoid getting myself into a situation where we were having to like, no, no, we gotta, we gotta back these things up and we gotta, we gotta get more beer in. And, okay. um, so, um, it does so, a couple things. It's, um, 
it's a it's a way to govern the growth of the brewery, but it, it does create uh, some some flavor characteristics that we couldn't create otherwise. Okay, so I get that now. Then what about the the really long boil? What are you getting out of that? Like a, a three or more hour boil? Um, well, there's a there's you know there's the, I'll, I'll come out with the one that I'm not sure of first because I remember reading somewhere in one of my lambic books about long bro- long boils and the benefit to the microbes that are in the next culture. Um, and that's about all I can say on that, because uh, I honestly don't remember the specifics. Um, <laughs> but right. uh, the, other, the, the, the thing that I know that it does is we're, we're gaining um, really nice caramelized sugar notes from this copper kettle that we've got. And so it's a way for us to develop color and character um, using the equipment as opposed to, say, uh, buying a specific malt that the monster, you know, he was in control of it or whatever, um, that anybody can buy. You know, this is our own kettle, this is our own, our own process, and it's a way for us to add house character to our beer with our brew kettle, and, you know, this proper thing. Um, on the top of that, you know, like uh, from my production days, I, I, you know, and I still, to this day, in fact, tonight, tonight when, when you guys uh, were unable to, to get through with me on the phone at 6.30, I, you know, I start to freak out because my timeline's off. And it's all coming uh. back to... Uh, Working um, 12-hour shifts and knocking out brews and being off a couple minutes and the brew shows up. And he's like, what the hell happened, dude? And you have to explain yourself. And, um, anyway, so I have this thing with time, and so I'm trying to also get away with that. So this long boil, um, you get, you know, once you get the, the word into the brew kettle and start boiling that thing, um, at that point, it, you can take care of your brew house, clean up. You know, we're only going to add one hop addition, and we're going to add it about, you know, an hour or so before we knock out, and we're not super concerned about if we get an exact two-hour boil. You know, maybe it's two and a half hours. Maybe it's two hours and 45 minutes. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe we got a tour coming up that day. Um, it gives us a window to take care of our shit and uh, make sure that we've got everything together for knockout and all that. Um, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's another element <clears throat> of that. Okay. And so um, we'll add hops, you know, so we're, we're using... Um, Basically, just one hop variety. We're using um, Cascade hops from from Yale Farms. I think I mentioned her earlier. Um, but we'll we'll use either you know last year's crop or an aged variety. You know, I think we're on 2011s right now for some of our beers. So some of our beers get the aged hops. Uh, some of our beers get the fresher hops. Um, and as you guys are tasting there, you know, Latage, the hops are important, um, but they're not what we're, we're um, you know, it's not some we're trying to display in every beer in full throttle. It's, it's, it's part, of the, part of the whole thing. Sure. Um, and plus, being a small brewery like this, we don't have places to store 16 varieties of hops, and um, we're using whole leaf. And uh, so, anyway, so then we, uh, we boil for uh, about an hour, and... Uh, and then we, we have a sourwort, um, a sourwort element that we're doing. So we have a, a barrel that we've got a heating element in, um, and we and this is a separate, totally separate process from the uh, the brewing. Well, on another day we'll we'll mash in and uh, we'll do that overnight as well. But we'll run the wort off directly into this this heated barrel, and it's very similar to the kettle sours that people are doing, okay. except we'll do it in a barrel, and uh, it takes longer, you know, and uh, but and then we'll age it off as well for a little bit, um, kind of like you would with a, uh, a vinegar or something, just to kind of to round off the edges and, and smooth it out a little bit. And then we'll use it in small increments in the brew kettle or safe or uh, packaging um, to kind of create some more structure for our beer, some more house character. You know, that, this is how we can avoid using that. 
calcium sulfates and and, uh, and other buffers is we're using the sour to adjust our pH. Oh, I see. Um, so let's see. So we're boiling, boiling, boiling at hot, at sour. Um, and then what we'll do, and when this happens, here we go, uh, knock out into our settling barrel, which we will leave the work in there overnight again. So it takes us, I think it's like 40 hours to go from grinding to pitching, um, which is an incredibly long time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and so that second night. That's a record there, I think. You know, yeah. in, you know so we've got, these, we've got these open fermenters, um, and we have no volume control. Um, and so this is a way, initially, it's, it's a way for us to, kind of systemize our volume so we'll we'll knock out from our brew kettle through a heat exchanger and this is the only time that the beer sees a pump you know that's another important thing so the yeast is in it run it through a centrifugal pump through the heat exchanger um so we can drop out both the hot and the cold break in the in the settling barrel Works the sale overnight, tubes settles out to the bottom, um, and the following day we can take one of the beers that's in our fermenter and rack those into aging barrels, clean out the fermenter, and then take that beer that we brewed the day, day previous. Uh, sorry, take the wort from the uh, the brew from the day previous, yeah. and run that off the tube into our fermenter. And the main purpose of that is so we can, you know, we've got this unique yeast strain. Um, this is a way for us to keep it clean and uh, without it getting, you know, super contaminated with the amount of tube that we'd be going into it. So we're taking this really long step to uh, to get the hot and the cold uh, protein rest, protein break, to settle out. Then we can transfer nice clean water in the fermenter, and we do harvest our yeast, so we, and we pitch back to a certain cell per mill, and the ferment kicks off again. And, and that way we can keep harvesting and keep repitching and all that stuff, and um, you know, there's no one to actually call <laughs> when, when the shit hits the fan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not at all. Amazing. This process. Yeah. I have to admit that I, and I, I mean this in a good way because I'm jealous, like I picture this, <laughs> I picture this magical land that you live on and that you're all just wearing like fur pelts and shit and <laughs> you don't have any shoes uh, loincloths. <laughs> And you're just so happy. And yeah, like, yeah. And someone's like, hey, we got to hurry up. And you're like, don't say those fucking words on this farm. I don't ever want to hear you say hurry up. And uh, I, I, I just, it sounds so relaxing over there. If your brew length is 40 yeah, well, hours. We're trying, we're trying to get to that point. We're trying to make it relaxing. Right. Super, I mean. Right. There are times, there are moments, you know. Um, just don't show up when we're mashing in, you know, with our shirts off and getting all Eastern European on. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's, uh, Extreme you know. techno. That's all we hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. So when you do the sour mash, do you inoculate that wort or do you... They're just uh, spontaneous. No, and, no, and, and just to be clear, we're not we're not doing a sour they mash. Don't. We're, we're leaving that? the wort in the in the barrel overnight and what trying to keep the temperature warm enough to uh, increase our extraction, increase our color. Um, That's the mash, though. But I, I, I think you you the, oh, I think Tasty meant the the barrel that yeah, you do the where you make your sour uh, mixing your sour mix your sour wort. Yeah, that's yeah. what he meant. Sorry, that is a separate process. Yeah, yeah so we uh, we yes, I inoculated that. Um, originally, uh, one of my, one of the most fun projects I had when I worked at Deschutes was, uh, um, we worked with this brewery in Germany called Distelhauser. Um, they wanted to, to start brewing, you know, American versions of hop beers, and we were trying to learn how to make lagers <laughs> and Berliner Weisses. And so we shared, shared information, and, and they sent their, um, their lactoculture, which they've been using for, you know, a long time. I want to say a hundred years or something, but, uh-huh. you know, that might just be my, my, my desire for it to extend back. Back into antiquity, but it's been a long time, and, and 
and you know send it over and i gotta i gotta prop it up and um and work with that and so uh the shoots was nice enough to let me take some of that with me when nice. i left Excellent. nice all right, Paul, do you have time to take a quick break with us, and we'll come back and try the Minotaur and talk a little more? Um, sure. How, how, how long are the break? I'll tell you what. It's only about a five-minute break. i got to do some sponsors. We'll take a five-minute break. We'll come back. Okay. We'll, and we'll, I just want to taste a Minotaur with you, and then we can let you go because we want to hear about that beer, too. Um, will that work Perfect. for you? So we'll keep you another 10, 15 minutes and let you get back to the, to the fam. No, that's fun. This is great. I appreciate you guys wanting to know all this stuff. You know, there's not, not everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want to know all the good stuff. So hang in there. Yeah. We're going to take a real quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Paul Arney. He's from Ale Apothecary, and we're going to try another beer, Minotaur. Hang on. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on The Brewing Network. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker Brew Kettles, a high-temperature March pump, and either a top-tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing 
fucking face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. If you work in retail sales, the restaurant industry, or are a new craft beer enthusiast, or you know someone who is, you have got to check out Beer 101. Beer 101 is an online course created for anyone wanting a quick introduction to the vast world of craft beer. Beer 101 covers the history of beer, brewing ingredients and processes, vital stats like ABV, SRM, IBU and gravity, styles, tasting, glassware, and pairing beer with food. The Beer 101 course is offered by the Brewers Association at craftbeer.com, also home to the truly awesome Beer Style Finder, a visual guide to every beer style. Quickly play with color, bitterness, and alcohol content to interactively explore the entire world of beer styles with a gorgeously designed interface to your favorite beverage. The new Beer 101 course and new Beer Style Finder are only available at craftbeer.com. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Welcome back to the program, and thanks for sticking with us. We are speaking with Ale Apothecary today. Before we get back to that, a little reminder that the AHA has got member deals galore for you. Go join the American Homebrewers Association by clicking the AHA link right there on our homepage. Members enjoy discounts at well over 1,400 participating breweries, pubs, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. And there's a handy deal finder and map over on homebrewersassociation.org that will help you.
you get all those deals. It's a pretty sweet benefit, and you can basically pay for your membership with how much you save on beer. Plus, if you click the AHA link on the Brewing Network homepage, we get a little piece of the action. So it's a great way to support uh, yourself in the homebrew world and the Brewing Network at the same time. Yeah, get you a radio show that does both, girl. That's right. Us. All right, and then back to our guest. We're speaking with Paul Arney. He's the founder and brewmaster. I I don't know if you use that title, actually, Paul, at Ale Apothecary. What do you call yourself over there? Uh, You know, I don't. I'm a brewer, you know. But, yeah, you can call me brewmaster. That kind of title is not, yeah. What does your wife call you? <laughs> God damn it, Paul! <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, this is this is internet oh, radio. God, you can say funny. whatever. That is good. <laughs> All right. So uh, at the break, there we opened up the Minotaur, and uh, yes. that's in our glass now. I yes, haven't I haven't tried it myself yet. It's um, delicious. Tell us uh, about this beer and and uh, what kind of beer is it? What's in it? Give us this spiel. Um, so, yeah, so this is a, you know, oh, I got, I've got a little echo in here. I'm sorry. Um, that there's a, it's a dark sour and, um, I was real hesitant with that style initially. And the first and only one that we've, we've put out there, um, was a still beer. And, um, so yeah, I apologize. I got Are you still getting it? So That's we're not weird. getting it here, but you know what I could do? I could hang up and call you back real quick if you're getting a bad echo. I don't want you um, to. Yeah, that means the same. Yeah, let's try it. All right, I'll hang up real quick. Call you back. All right, let's do that. I don't want. It's hard to talk when you're talking back at yourself. Yeah, you ever for sure. That? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drive you nuts. It's like when I talk to Taryn, I just, all I hear is my <laughs> echo talking it's back. It's yourself coming I can't back. Do it. Uh, it's like the worst thing. This beer's delicious. No, it's a wonderful beer. Very rich. It? Sometimes Very it's rich. hard to 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 just not use the shorthand right. of right. the beer's back delicious. Again. How's that? Sound better? That's great. Okay. Way better. Thank All you right. so much. Yeah, I was no not worries. Struggle through that. <laughs> no, no. I'd rather you feel comfortable and it'll sound good for everybody. So uh, start again. Tell us about the beer. We were just saying, by the way, we, we love it. So uh, we, we can't wait to hear you tell Wonderful. us about it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had been very hesitant about including um, dark or black grains in our beers because, you know, they're, they're you know, acid. Uh, you know, we're using acidity to balance the beer as opposed to, say, hot bitterness. And um, you combine acidity from these microorganisms with the carbonic acid, and then you throw the roast or the black malt in there. It's like it just has this recipe for um, a very one-dimensional beer, very sharp. Um, and so the only dark beer that we put out, prior to this was a still beer um we presented it um, barrel still you know no carbonation um for a whole bunch of reasons one of the main ones was because i was i was concerned that the beer would be too sharp um but um with this one um you know of course i learned some things and i think it has to do with the uh, the natural carbonation uh we carbonated it less than our other beers um but the bottle the bottle ferment is is so important to that beer. Um, we took you know the uh, dark malts with uh, with some of these malts that we get from Seth um, and ran them through our mixed culture, you know our whole fermentation process and all that, and uh, initially put them in bourbon barrels uh, and aged them for about a year in bourbon barrels, and then transferred the same beer uh, into fresh Cabernet barrels from David Arthur, uh, uh, barrels I got from Nile. 
And um, we also put um, quite a bit of blackberries in there at the same time. Hmm. Uh, and so we've got, you know, the, the spirit barrel, we've got the, you know, the dark, uh, the dark red wine barrel and then the blackberries, um, along with our beer that has, you know, a fair amount of that, uh, the dark malt in it. Um, but what I, I found that just really blew me away was this, the, the bottle carbonation, uh, it really actually softened it as opposed to making it harsher. You know, it, it gave it this creaminess. Um, we also used, you know, some uh, blackberry honey. Um, from a local D&D ranch here, um, and I think that whole combination, I mean, and you guys are tasting it, but uh, we had initially just planned to do this as a one-off, and, you know, and like, you know, we did this with Emily, uh, it was a collaboration of sorts, um, but we're already talking about brewing it again. Oh, you got to brew it again. I oh, mean, for sure. You got you you to brew it again. You have okay. to never not <laughs> brew it. Now, here's what you've done. What what I think a lot of brewers like you don't want to do, and that is you've now brewed something that we want forever, and you have to keep making it. Right. Yeah, yeah look at Blind Pig, man. Then he made that as a one-off beer, and now he can't get he can't get oh, away from really? it. Oh, really? Now he's stuck. Yeah. Now he's stuck, man. Yeah, now he's stuck. So, yeah, the next time we talk, you guys will be like, hey, how's it up at the El Apothecary? And I'll be like... Actually, guys, we're called Minotaur now, and if you want the full name of the brewery, I can tell you. Exactly, yeah. You'll be like, I bought shoes last month. Um, You know, we can afford things now. My first pair of shoes, it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, I just, you know, just to pick on a couple things, because there's uh, so much going on with this beer. (laughs) I think it's fascinating that you chose to use bourbon barrel and wine barrel. Yeah. That's something I don't think we've ever talked about on this show in all the years we've been doing this. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, I don't think no, anybody's ever done El that. Quattro, uh, we do another beer that's caramel malt forward as opposed to, say, black malt forward, and we do brandy and pinot barrels, and it's something that I'm, I guess, you know, somebody else mentioned that recently, like, oh, I've never heard of this before, and I just, you know, I've got my blenders on, and I'm just doing what I'm doing, and um, I, I guess maybe that is something that's, that's uh, you know, different or whatever but um to me it's it's this way of adding another layer of complexity to the beer uh and you know the important thing is to make sure that nothing's going to be harsh or in your face it's it's all got to kind of intermarry and intermingle and stuff um but i've i've really really grown attached to this whole idea of using um you know because um just to get back to it it's really united with the way that to me the way that i move the beer to the brewery you know we don't have a whole lot of equipment we don't have a whole lot of money and so we're going to have to do things in, in ways that, that make sense also for the flow of the beer. It's not, you know, on one hand, I could say, oh, I do all this stuff to make the absolute best beer and I do it the right way every single time. And sometimes it's like, well, shit, you know, like, which, you know, what's, what's the best use of this fresh wine barrel I have, you know, and what's the best use and how are we going to use these barrels that we, uh, we, we put beer in time after time again? And it's kind of come down to, um, you know, the Lepage and the Saheli. They both get dry hopped prior to packaging. So we'll put those in separate barrels after barrel aging uh, into dry hop barrels prior to packaging. But the aging barrel that they go into are always uh, barrels that we've already used once previously. You know, So we get these barrels from the winery, whether it's Pinot or, or uh, uh, Cabernet or whatever. We'll find some special project, whether it's a Minotaur or a Quattro or a fruit beer, and use that fruit element that comes with the barrel. Um, 
for something very specific, and then we'll transition into using those barrels over and over again for our, our you know, Latage and Paley. Um, and that's kind of how we're approaching this is like, you know, we bring in these sphere barrels, um, and let's use them, you know, in a way that's going to best uh, showcase what was in them previously, you know. So just so I'm clear on this process, um, and because I don't, it doesn't sound like you you blend this either. Does it go to one barrel, say the spirit barrel first, and then on to a wine barrel, or d- does it go in both and then you blend it? I, I'm not sure how you do it. Yeah, that particular one, it was the same beer that went in both barrels. So it was aged in the in the, the bourbon barrel first, and then we moved that beer into the cab barrel. Got it. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Did you experiment with that before, like which one you should do first and, and how that's going to affect it? No. Yeah, no, fuck it. <laughs> we, just, we, did, we had to go for it's it. Like, you know, it's like, you know, we're making this beer. We got the bourbon barrels. That's what it's going into, you know? It's yeah, like, uh, yeah. In a lot of ways, that's, that's where I try to position myself as well, you know, because... Um, I have to be able to take advantage of, of certain fruits, and I have to be able to utilize these barrels, and you can never exactly predict when you're going to have any of them in your hand, you know? And right. so some of these things, it's like, well, you know, like, for example, we have this one beer we're going to be packaging fairly soon that um, we've got this uh, Bull Run, which is a distillery in Portland, this uh, Bull Run um, whiskey barrel uh, with uh, 75 pounds of Chenin Blanc grape must in it with a Latage because... We, you know, this friend of mine over, um, actually Vinny's sister runs this, um, uh, wine shop over on the coast and they make wine as well. And she got in touch with me this one time. She'd say, Hey, I got this, these extra grapes. You want them? It's like, great, you know, sure. And then it's like, what am I going to do with them? Well, I got, this is what I have. I got the Latage ready to go and I got these, these whiskey barrels. So let's just, that's what we're using today. Nice. I like that. So I, it, it kind of goes with your theory that, you know, your philosophy you were saying earlier, where sometimes... You know, you don't get to dictate everything. The beer is just going to take care of it, or, or what you have available is going to take care of it. That's what you're going to do. I like it. That's right. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too, because uh, the results, I mean, for me, I, I can't tell you how, how proud I am of these beers and how, you know, in a lot of ways, um, I can't actually take credit for them either. You know, like, you know, there's nobody that's more close, to, close as close to it as I am, but in the end, you know, like I'm just the guy that's kind of starting to push the rock down the hill. The yeah. rock starts rolling and then, you know, like it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Beer's delicious. It is delicious. Delicious. Now this beer does have right on. the uh, wonderful acidity to it, but tastes a little less um, wild to me than than the first beer. Like wild yes. as in um, uh, you know wild the bacteria and all that or kind of br- stuff. Yeah, yeah, other things like that. This yeah. one tastes a little cleaner, although. Um, Although acidity, you know, leaning toward a Flanders red type of acidity, something like that. Yeah, the acidity is very high. But without all the wildness of the other one. Is it a different yeast culture in this beer or the same from from the barrel that you do? It's the the same, you know. And, you know, if you look at the Minotaur there... Um, I'd actually have to go back and, and check out the brew day, but one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to find some time to figure out a way to, you know, look into is, uh, you know, does our beer change, our, our, what I should say is does our yeast culture change behavior um, throughout the year? Like, is there a oh, seasonal yeah. element to our yeast culture? Um, and I can't answer that. I don't know. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that there was, but there's also, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so many variables. Um, I, I, yeah. 
at a loss. No, I'm sure. <laughs> well, well, it's. I mean, I, I think it's. You know, you. It's. It's that you put it in the bourbon barrel, you put it in the wine barrel. And that's going to slam a lot of kind of lighter flavors down. Anyway, I mean, these are very dark, heavy. Not heavy as in on your palate, but no, but kind of complex. <clears throat> fla- actually, not even kind of complex flavors. Yeah, they're big flavors. Yeah, so I think that can hide some of the subtleties too. That the barrels did, you're saying? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah, are you saying that this beer is a couple years old too, right? Yeah. So that beer actually spent probably eight months to twelve months more in barrels than the Latage and drank. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that might that might have something going on with it too. It's killer. It's, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And I hate awesome. using those words Yay, like, red. oh, this is great or it's excellent or whatever. And then that's kind of it. But some beers, some beers, uh, it's going to sound cheesy, but like defy uh, a description. An easy description yeah, like so you, that. Well, yeah. it, you, you, know, you, you can't really get any more complicated than that. Sometimes you kind of just have to sit and enjoy it. And sometimes a beer can just be great. Yeah. And you don't have to explain why. Yeah. Uh, but even if you pushed me, Paul, I, I, I couldn't give you the, the descriptors of what I'm tasting <laughs> because it's so complex. I would need I would need more time to just sit and digest it. But for now, it's a fantastic beer. There's a lot going on and, and it, it kind of satisfies all those urges that us beer drinkers you know have from the, the dark flavors to the light flavors to the acidity. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It's all wrapped in one beer and it's it's very good beer. It is. What are the dark months? Oh, right on. That made my day right there. Thank you so <laughs> cool. much. Cause that's, that's exactly what I'm going for, you know, because um, when, when we get people in on a, on a brewery tour and um, I can get somebody who knows beer like you guys and gets that kind of enjoyment out of that beer and then someone who comes in and says, you know what, I'm not having any because I'm not a beer person. And then, you know, the, the friend of theirs is like sniffing and like, you know, at least smell it. You know, at least smell it. And then yeah. they taste it. And then they <laughs> like it too. It's like, I, 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 I couldn't be prouder. I mean, thank you so much for that. That is that's 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 the best thing I could ask for. Oh, that's cool. You should be proud of this one. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I missed this, but what are the dark malts that you used in this beer to get some of the color too? Uh, that was brief black barley. Okay. So is this just a, a pills your local Pilsner malt like the others, and then yep. and then the brief black barley just to get the color and some other and, flavor. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I try to, uh, you know, the whole less is more thing. I, I rarely have a malt bill that has more than two or three malts in it. And I didn't hear that you used wheat of any kind in either of these beers that we have. Is that right? No. Yeah. The Latage, the Latage and the Saheli both both have wheat. They do. Okay. Got it. Yep. Probably about 22 to 25%, I think. Okay. So you are, which is kind of a traditional way to do beers of these styles. Sure. That's what I was asking, too. So well, You okay. mentioned you do a yep. mixed mix culture fermentation. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's the Saccharomyces? Uh, see, do you do a, how do you get the alcohol into the beer? Well, um, so when I first, I started brewing in February of 2012. It took me a good eight months to build the brewery and get through the legal processes and stuff. And during that time, um, I was home brewing like crazy. Uh, and I had a whole bunch of different yeast strains going. Um, and then when we brought the, uh, you know, I started bringing the wine barrels. You know, they were all, all bring, I was bringing these in from wineries like Domain Druin, which is uh, very, very, I mean, they do indigenous fermentations. Um, and the whole point, was to create a um, a way for me to it's like, like I call them seed yeasts, you know, because the whole point was I was going to intentionally mutate them um, oh. and encourage you know the local microflora to uh, 
to, you know, jump in and take part. Have an, have an influence. And so I had all sorts of different, I mean, I had, you know, California common and I had champagne yeast and I had, you know, different Belgian strains and um, wine strains. And I just put them all together. Uh, There's probably 12 or 15 different yeast strains in there. And then began this open ferment process with a very low primary pH for my ferment. So we, I had that sour work that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it in pretty high amounts. And so our primary pH is around uh, 4 or 5 to 4 or 6. Well, um, and that really started pushing the, I mean, let me tell you, the yeast did not like it for about <laughs> 4 to 6 months. It took a long time so for this stuff to kick off. Um, and I don't know if you guys have talked with the, um, Chad Jacobson down there at Crooked Stave, but he was a big ally during this time because I was like, what am I doing this isn't working, you know, and what do you, you know, what do you think? And he's like, well, you know, you some mutate, you some mutate, and um, stick with it. And so, you know, just kept sticking with it and was doing this goofy process because the fermentation would always get stuck because the, the yeast wasn't happy and do the pH and do this thing where you split it off and start smaller ferments based off the bigger one and try and get them going and then include more and then more and more. And um, it was very, very stressful. But the end result was that about four, four to five months in, we started seeing the ferment behave in a way that made me happy, you know, like the yeast started acting happy, you know, and uh, mm. it got to this point where um, we could, we could, you know, start seeing predictable, uh, you know, attenuation and, and it, it just, it took a long time. Um, I know for a fact that the pediococcus that is in our beer came in through the window and mm-hmm. then um, some of the brett came into the window as well. But the sac strains that are in there, um, they're mutated strains of, of one of these, you know, well, or all of them, um, other yeast strains that I, that I started using um, way back. Um, and at some point, you know, when, I'm, when I feel like, you know, that quote unquote, we've made it, um, I'll go and have these things analyzed and then right. stand back and go, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's all one yeast strain or, you know, it came from the swamps outside Cantillon or, uh, you know, like whatever. It's that champagne yeast you were using. But, uh, and that will either be the most uh, disappointing or most exciting day in your, in your career, right? Because it'll come back. Exactly and, why right? I'm not doing it for a while. I would avoid that as long as possible. Just go by your taste buds until then, you know. That's the bottom line. So so do you bank this yeast or how do you, how do you keep it going? How do you, why is it still? Um, Well, it's just, we keep it, we keep it active, you know? So um, we're brewing uh, one to two times every week. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll harvest day two and day three, um, of the primary fermentation. Um, and we'll make sure to pitch that yeast back the following week. And so, um, I've talked to, um, friends of mine in the, the micro world and, um, you know, with the same question and they say, well, how are you, how are you taking care of it? And then I tell them my process and the pHs and stuff. And, um, a couple of them have just been like, you know, I mean, it's not lab, uh, quality or lab, um, um, intensity but i'm kind of mimicking something that they do anyway mm. uh, and so uh, as long you know and i i do expect the thing to mutate um and we've been experiencing mutation uh since day one obviously but up until this point we have seen um everything positive we haven't seen no negative um you know not like it's the beer is becoming better and better and better. Right. Um, and as long as that's the case, I'm not going to change anything. And once maybe we start seeing, you know, I'm, hopefully that'll never happen. Hopefully it'll just, you know, this is how, you know, this is kind of back to that, the core principle thing, you know, like I really want to emulate and, uh, be, 
true to this brewery project and uh you know this yeast is alive and this is where it lives and i'm just trying to you know make it comfortable here and this is you know give it its boundaries um and this is what i can provide and so Mm -hmm. hopefully it uh it kind of stays in that realm and that's just what lives here yeah if it wants to change it just it'll just change that's that's what you want it to do yeah so uh so do you are you tempted just like to bank it like hitting save in a video game just in case you want to go back to like well i mean i i am tempted but the thing is i've got um you know and it's probably not equivalent but i just lean on the fact that i have um, a lot of bottles in my library oh, okay, i always have sure. bottles on hand yeah. um we can always culture up the dregs um if i got to uh, you know i kind of yeah. have my own library and i'm sure that there's people out there that say well that's not the same low ph high alcohol it's not going to be very healthy to the yeast but um that's what i'm leaning on because you know for right now this is my focus and i'm trying to keep certain elements out of it just to keep it true excellent all right. Well, the beer is wonderful, and I want to thank you so much for sharing it with us. Uh, it, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Folks, you can go to com and learn more. Yes. There's a lot of information there about their methods um, and the different beers that they make, and you can learn all about them. Um, a lot of photos, uh, which is very cool. And, um, you know, you get actually just a really good feel for the for you guys on the website, too. I, I really like it. So Not a lot of spots do that. Um, you know, if you go to a lot of breweries, well, sites, there's not a lot of photos. There's not a lot of information. It doesn't feel, even like always even feel the same as like the yes. interviews that we do. Like sometimes right. we'll interview and you go, "Oh, we can really feel what Paul's about." And yeah. then you look at the website and you go, mm, "That's different." <laughs> this this all fits. You're doing a good job over there, yeah, man. man. Hey, right on. Thanks, fellas. No, this is awesome. I really appreciate the interest, and yeah, let's uh, let's just stay in touch and do it again sometime. Would love, Would to. love to. If yeah. we're ever traveling through, we'll come to your house. I guess. Yeah, I'm planning on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're planning on coming get in up. Touch first. That's yeah, all yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Paul. Hey, Paul. No, it's me. Hey, and JP. Yeah. Right here. Uh, I'm planning a yeah. planning a road trip to Oregon early next year. I'm 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 gonna stop by. Uh, it's great. I'm stop by. It's yeah, great dude, beer. Touch. I love it. And and then is there a tasting room that folks can go to uh, also down the hill? Uh, it's in development right now. We're thinking probably a month to two months out, and oh, we cool. have an official tasting room. All that stuff will be on the website. Oh, that's exciting. Huh? All right. So once again, folks, go to thealeapothecary.com, and you can check it out. And Paul, thanks so much for for sending us beer we appreciate that and for taking all this time with us it's been great to talk to you yeah thanks guys i appreciate the interest we'll we'll be in touch all right brother take care and good luck all right thanks guys bye now there you go that's paul from ale apothecary and uh doing a good job out there a great job you know they're in the wild yeah well when we were first talking before the show started i was like yeah he sent us two bottles and i'm thinking in my mind i don't think we're gonna have enough to taste yeah. Oh, yeah, because usually we go like four yeah. or five beers, right? That's 750 sure. is like two liters of flavor. Yeah, there's 750. You could share that with 30 people and everybody would have plenty. Oh, for but sure. But even from a discussion perspective. From a like, discussion perspective, yeah. there's more in these two bottles mm-hmm. than we would normally mm-hmm. get out of drinking. Yeah. Here's my IPA and my Saison and my Pale Ale and my Porter. Yeah. yeah. You know, we kind of just drink through those. Go, like, oh, they're pretty standard. But these are, they're, they're complex. They're mm-hmm. complex beers, but yeah. not in a... In a, some sort of heady way or like a hipstery way, it's it, they're very, 
um, I don't know, rustic, but in a in a positive way. They're they're, well, they're it's a trip. They're a they're, trip. Ri- they're rich. Find, and, find and a beer, drink it. It's, it's a trip. I agree with all that. And if you go to the website, you'll just it, all the things he was saying. You know, it, it's easy to make fun of him for doing everything in a slow way, but yeah. they 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 really are. Like it, the, some of the simple things he says on the website are vintage batch, barrel by barrel, cottage instead of factory, flavor before efficiency, which we heard him talk about. Yeah, they're clearly not an efficient brewery, <laughs> right? Um, right. And and then his final thing which i like that he mentioned why he left left the shoots love prior to spreadsheets hmm. so yeah. uh it, and it all it, it comes through in the beer in the same way so it definitely does yeah. yeah i you know i like the farm run the bottle yeah well run i like bottle. living right. at your the 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 idea yeah. that the brewery is where you oh, live yeah. as well um, it's a farmhouse you can't really do that in a lot of places it's illegal no. like zoning um i know that uh you know the place that chad was working for was trying to do that for a while and they went through a whole thing okay but i love the idea i mean it's yeah. it's it does seem like kind of the core of the small brewery is that you why not have a little brewery if you have a piece of land that you could uh, sell yeah, beer dude. out of so totally. i like that he's actually doing that he lives on the brewery it's pretty cool that's nice yeah i like that all right well thank you paul uh i appreciate it very much for being on the show and uh before we take our next break don't forget about Beersmith Homebrewing Software. They Never can do it. help you brew good beer. Never forget. Uh, I don't think Paul uses software. I feel like he uses stone tablets to write his recipes <laughs> I think, on. I think he literally goes by the rule of thumb. Where he'll put his <laughs> thumb the mash, in the mash yeah. and be like, that's great. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, and he has his assistant. He's like, all right, 20% Pilsner malt. And he's over there, kink, kink, hitting it into the yeah. stone uh, so they can remember it. I feel like Paul... Uh, Paul uh, he he bans the the name Louis Pasteur in his brewery. Like, don't you dare say his name. He, he who shall not be an named. Accent. I just feel like <laughs> he who shall not be. You do not say Louis Pasteur, and you don't say hurry up. Yeah. You go fuck yourself. Never. <laughs> yeah, those are two things he never wants to hear. <laughs> no. <laughs> hurry up and Louis Pasteur, yeah. the four most evil words in the world. <laughs> oh. Uh, Poor Louis. I, I won't even go to France. Paul's like, I won't even set foot in yeah. that country because of that Louis. <laughs> but Beersmith Homebrewing Software can help you uh, brew your beer at home. It's available on Mac and PC. You can get your free 21-day trial by going to beersmith.com. Download it so you don't have to take my word for it. Because if you don't like it, after 21 days, no harm, no foul. And I happen to know for a fact that Brad's working on a new version of it oh, right now. Really? He is constantly updating the software. So he puts in things that you ask for, modifies things uh, really all the time. This is his gig. So it's the most supported home brewing uh, recipe software out there. And it does things that you, you don't even know that you need it to do. Uh, it's everything you're looking for. Go to beersmith.com right now and check it out. All right. How about we take a quick break? When Let's we come back, guess what we're doing? Uh, what are we doing? We're giving away two tickets to the Craft Beer huh? Summit, the California Craft Beer Summit yes. up in Sacramento. Yes, we um, are. And they're full passes. They're not just for the the, uh, the, the beer, beer fest. They're for the entire three. It's a three-day package. Yeah. It's a three-day thing. I had a three-day package once. <laughs> you did? I had, to call, I had to call the doctor. Oh, shit. Yeah. They say call after four hours. I know. What were you doing? Doing. Banging? <laughs> I was just hanging out. I just literally. Uh, you thought one would be good, ten would be really great. <laughs> we got three. Yeah. Uh, who has the energy? <sighs> no, not me anymore. Not me. I was younger. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Okay, good. So when we come back, a uh, couple tickets, to full conference tickets to the California yeah. uh, Craft Beer Summit and, um, and more. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone certification program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah! It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's. In Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers. Boom. Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support. Like Brew Your Own Magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, their amazing special issues like plans for building a brew. Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own Magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any.
Penny Brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the thebrewingnetwork.com. Army, have you heard the latest at HopTech? Since HopTech has doubled in size after a huge expansion, Jade and Roberto can stock even more of the best quality homebrewing supplies and equipment. Over 60 kick-ass varieties of hops and malts, monster truckloads of quality brewer's yeast, including white labs, rye yeast, and multiple dry yeasts. They even have all grain systems from Grainfathers and Ruby Street Brew Systems, thanks to Jade, the brand new all grain brewer. And don't forget about their 10% discount to all BN Army members. Jade and Roberto are waiting for you and all of your brewing questions over at hoptech.com. Hoptech, totally not sucking since 1983. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program. We were talking about death at the break. Strangely enough, I didn't bring it up. I know. <laughs> Strangely. <laughs> New for Strangely me. Uh, thanks again to Ale Apothecary for being on the program. Please go to thealeapothecary.com and check them out and support them. Uh, a great small brewery project, and uh, there's no question of why you should. The, the beer's just real good. So that's that's all you need to know. That's right. My friends. That's right. All right. So we've got a couple tickets to give away to the uh, California Craft Beer Summit in Sacramento, California. Yes. Do you know the dates? Happening soon. I believe it is. It's, this, um, it's September. It's, it's like in September. September. It's coming up soon. September 8th, 8th through, through the 11th 10th. or something. Yeah. Okay. There 8, you 9, go. and 10. 8, 9, 10. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take right now caller number 5 wins two tickets. You need to be able to go. Uh, in, in, All three travel. days, please. All three days. It's, yes. uh, it's, it's two tickets, right? It's two tickets, yeah. Caller number 5 right now, 888-401-BEER, 888-401-BEER. Let me tell you, you're going to buy me beer on Friday night, too. Oh, Tacey's <laughs> going to be there. And JP, might, are you still going to go and do the try to find a bad Like, you have to come back and only report on good beer? I will go if you want me to. I want you to. All right. It's at the Sacramento. Him? Yes, probably. It's at the Sacramento Convention Center. There's an unlimited tasting. The, the Summit Beer Fest is on the 10th, the last day on Saturday, 3 to 7 p.m. on the Capitol Mall. Unlimited tastings of... 400-plus beers from 150-plus California craft beers. You can't talk to them. Just say, just hang up. 
Oh, she is. She's doing it. She's doing it. <laughs> I was worried that like I was worried that it's like the same guy's just going to call five times. You know, we haven't uh, gotten a lot of calls recently, so I did. I don't know. But there's kind of a lot of people in the, the phone chat just room lit right up now. though. So yeah, I think Lined we're up. good. Yeah, uh, largest homebrew festival in California. It I is. mean, not beer festival in California. And four hundred right. beers. Four hundred beers from over one hundred and fifty cra- yeah, and California all, craft breweries, and they are all I was. They're not all brought from the the, the breweries, probably. You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. And so here's what happens on Friday, September 9th, the, You know, we were talking uh, to Tom last week from the uh, from the the craft beer summit. Yeah, and uh, there's a bunch of different tracks that you can do. So if you want to, if you're in the craft beer world, you can go to take the business track. It's mm-hmm. basically like NHC, but really hyper focused on craft breweries instead of home brewing. So you can learn all that kind of stuff. Hospitality and retail, build a brand, how to build your brand, which let's face it, a lot of craft breweries I need to focus on building. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you could teach that class like I could teach that class. Um, and then there's even technical stuff too. So there's a lot of different kind of stuff. And apparently there's a distributor meet and greet. Oh, so distributors are looking, and it's kind of oh. a way to put you in front. They'll of buy people. me a beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tasty. They will buy me a beer. Uh, but it's <laughs> they got all the money, by the way. Yeah. yeah, there's all sorts of cool educational stuff that you guys can really learn a lot from. Um, and if you if you go Friday, September 9th at twelve o'clock, yeah, you can hear the story behind the Twenty First Amendment Brewery. Oh, Sully's going to do. Sully's going to have a do a He's presentation. Going to be on the pulpit. Nice. Yeah. nice. So uh, it's 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 a really cool, very unique yeah. thing that. Uh, uh, I'm really excited to, to be able to attend. That is exciting. I did go last year for the first one. I got to hear uh, Tony McGee speak about, uh, in fact, they had just uh, had their, their buyout with Heineken, their merger, whatever he called it. I don't, I don't know what people it's call it. It's a buyout. Um, and he had, but it was fascinating to listen to him talk about that. Yeah. And then Greg Cook from Stone uh, was also there talking about their story and opening up in Berlin uh, and a few other things. So it's just a, a cool event. So go check it out. And Bebo by the way, there's, a, there's a home calls home right now. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so there's a homebrew track, class too. Yeah. track, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, <clears throat> our listeners cool. would be interested in that. Uh, yeah. I like it. It's, yeah. a, it's a good event. And then yeah. I had the best time at the at the beer fest at the end. It just was so relaxed oh, yeah. and, so, and so much it good sounds beer. Sounds great. So I don't know if you recall, JP, but my whole thing was to, for you to go. Yes. And with that many beers, you have to come back with an only positive beer review. And, I had to find one had, beer I that I liked. One IPA that I liked, I think, is what it was, under an hour. I think we well, said a time limit. I think I wanted, I, I wanted, like... Five beers or something. We can reduce that because that might get boring. Uh, but one of them, whatever we decide, has to. One of them has to be an IPA. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I think it, I think we were supposed to target IPAs only. That you because you were like I think with that many California craft breweries, not only are they going to run out of ink on the IPA letters uh, when they print them out, yeah. uh, which apparently now that they're typesetting and they're not just digitally printing, but yes, um, apparently. Uh, but I think we had to put a time limit on it. Yeah. Because there were going to be that many where, you know, if I don't find them, un- if I don't find a- an IPA that I like under an hour, I'm just, I should give up beer drinking. That's what it was. was. You yeah. need to find one IPA you like in under an hour. I think. And right. then, and I'll then listen back. Give me yeah, two. Yeah, we, figure out what it we was. We actually yeah. have, okay. like, we, we can find out exactly what we have that technology? We that's do. Good, that's an <laughs> yeah. excellent. Run the tape back. Okay. Um, okay. We got, I think we have a winner. Oh, shit. Did Todd call five times in a row? And no, actually, we had uh, a lot of callers. Oh, I like it. It's like we're a real, ra- it's like we're a real radio show again. <laughs> oh, I like I it. I had to yeah. reject people. I felt weird. Wow. You haven't rejected somebody since before Sam. <laughs> before Sam. <laughs> Natalie's brother. Sam gets rejected. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're a jerk. It's the black guy. You had to go that low, huh? Black guy. Uh, All right. Oh, gosh, I, I don't even have anything to say. <laughs> All comes with that big the, check. So yeah. the the sour hour got some feedback about Scott's uh, comments toward you and how they were oh, um, sexist and inappropriate. Like what? And I, there, there were no examples given. But Scott asks me to make coffee every single time he comes into the studio. <laughs> oh my god! Well, my oh, thought know. was my thought oh my was god. like Scott uh, was maybe he's used to being on the session, so here he is on that show. But the thing I like about the other shows that we do, the Sour Hour, Doctor Homer, even like some of the other shows, is that they they have a different vibe, right? They're not like this. Like I can say all the dirty things I want to Bebo because I've known her for fifteen years. So does Jamil, and because she knows I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> But that's our style on this show, that's right? That's our audience. And I thought, like, some of these His other shows. audience. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I really thought maybe the Sour Hour is like, oh, everybody can listen. It's very educational uh, forward. So I had to forward the, um, I, I got the email. I had to then forward it along and go, hey, guys, we should talk about this and figure out how we should, you know, uh, uh, you know. That's so funny because I, uh, other than him treating me like I'm a stewardess, <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> I can't really think of anything that's he's ever sexist, said. Bebo, their flight attendants. I know that's why I said it. <laughs> um, actually, I think he still calls them stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I can't think of anything that is said or done on that show that is inappropriate. Oh, somebody did, and this person was very, very offended. Oh, but this person, if you listen to this show, first well, of all. Well, I know, and that was my no, thing. But know, this show is different. Like, this person writes to me about this show, I respond. A, I've known Bevo for 15 years. She's my very close friend. B, this is our thing. C, if you don't get it, fuck off. Like, I don't care. Right, right. Uh, our other shows, my reaction is very different. Like, we plan shows differently. Mm. That's why it's a network, you know. Should I be uh, sending I you these these emails? Because <laughs> I've, I've gotten one email complaining about about the way Scott speaks to people on the show. <laughs> on the Sour Hour? <laughs> on the Sour Hour. Yeah, you he, seems, s- he sounds very condescending to his, to the guests. And sometimes it feels like Jay oh. doesn't know how to react and all this. Oh, and so I haven't sent it. I was like, I'm just... It's no, you got to send me everything. I okay. do actually care right. and pay attention occasionally. Huh. Right. I kind of want to see this email. <clears throat> I'll send it to you. Okay. Hey, in other news, right. Evanescence is now touring. So oh, what do you uh, think? that's not sexist. That's a game changer. <laughs> Well, she created the lead singer of Evanescence created a album specifically of children's songs because she's a mother now. Oh, well, isn't that horrible? Uh, okay, let's go. Can't to, horror that horrible. Let's go to Todd in Riverside who uh, just won uh, tickets to the Craft Beer Summit. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I see that you're from Riverside <laughs> down in Southern California. You're going to be able to make the trek up and, and do this thing. Dude, I was actually uh, searching tickets for Southwest right now. That a boy. It'll be a cheap yeah. flight. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. there's this cool private jet thing that's cheaper than Southwest sometimes. Yes. It's called, uh, I'm being serious right now. Jet Suite. It's called Jet Suite. And they fly into Concord Airport from Burbank, from Burbank Airport. Yeah. Airport. Um, I did it. You literally are flying on a private jet. Yeah. You Free don't boost. have to go through the terminal. I did it for $99 wow. the last time I did it. It was the coolest wow. thing ever. And then you can come to the hop grenade and then just like drive up to Sacramento. Just throwing it out there, I really want this company to stay in business because it was the coolest thing. Like, really? To fly a private jet for 99 bucks. Yeah, that's cool, man. Free drinks on the plane. No security. Free drinks. Really? Hot, hot 
Flight, flight attendants, flight attendants. <laughs> male and female, I'm sure. Yes, both yes, of them were hot. All hot. <laughs> uh, well, maybe they fly in the sack. Uh, they do not. They only fly limited uh, places right. right now. Uh, anyhow, just a word of advice since you're coming from SoCal. Justin's, yeah. Justin's just talking about the BN jet, really. It's basically the. I want it to become the BN <laughs> yeah. jet. Yeah. Doc is going to fly you, so if you if you can <laughs> handle that. Yeah. Well, congrats, Todd. Uh, I'm happy to send you to the Crap Beer Summit, man. Right on, man. Awesome. I think you'll have a good time. Uh, did you already, Bevo, did you already get details? Do I have to put them on? I figure, I haven't put something on hold in a while. I, don't, I might hang up. I don't know how to do it. Oh, wow. I'll do it. Just, okay. uh, you just give me his email address. <laughs> yeah, That's just, all I need. Just if we lose you, yeah. Bevo, it's Bring Network. Todd, by the way, I have a note here that says he's been listening since day one. Obviously, Bebo Whoa, took him away. Oh, that's cool. Oh, speaking well, we of that, ha- speaking of, that of listeners, uh, her but you have to turn uh, off your microphone. Yeah, come on, oh. Beverly. Speaking of not what that are you, Doc? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is a guy. I'm trying to find him right now, and I thought he'd be in the chat room. Uh, it was his first live show. He's been listening to him for. Uh, he's been listening to us forever. Oh. And uh, for years, and it was his first live show. I guess he left, and now all I see is fucking shoe brew. I see. Anyway, sorry. It was, it's not much excitement with, uh, without the actual name. Not too much excitement. No. All right. Uh, before we have to go, I know we've got Twitter game left to do. And, yes, you do. Uh, yes, sir. Hey, but you know that you can buy cool stuff at AdamEve.com? I, I don't, but I, I do, but I need more details. Have you not done our own uh, coupon code offer through Adam and Eve? I've never done I've thought about Me doing neither. it. I've thought about doing it, but I, I haven't done it yet because I feel like I've it's... I've shopped a lot. I've shopped. I've window shopped shopped a lot. Yeah. But I feel like it's it's kind of it's kind of presumptuous to assume what the other person would like. Oh, but you, you can know do it I mean? together. That's but I feel like that's like Does for our ten year and more like you know what I mean? Like that's when it's a little older. No, not there yet, man. <laughs> I mean we've been together almost seven years now, but that, married you for should one. Be there. I mean We're not you there should yet. be like, hey, I know what you're into. Check, check this thing. Check this double-sided <laughs> right. thing out. Well, you know, look, you know, the girl is, uh, she's, you know, she's a little shy, okay. so you know, it takes her a while to get in. I don't know, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like it's like picking out a, uh, it's like picking out a leather jacket for someone. You're like, ah, is it the right style? I don't know. I think you're the shy one. I bet. I think your wife I'll fuck would anyone like ass s- right now. I don't care. <laughs> Let's do it. I think she would like to sit down and be like, yeah, dude, all the dildos. I don't all even care. Uh, but. You're like, ah, oh, honey. I don't know. We're still maybe we're still new. To maybe this. there's an emasculation happening where I don't want to be replaced. <laughs> you know, it's like that yeah. Westworld show that's going to be redone on the HBO where it's just all robots. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I made like that, that mistake once. I was with someone who was, uh, you know, things were going fine, like uh, orgasms were happening, like everything was cool, and she had never had, um, never had like a. A dildo before she never had a, her own like a thing, and I was like, "Oh, you yeah. got you got to have a vibrator!" Like, okay. come on. So I got her one, and sure enough, Daniela left. She wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> she went back to Germany. Took her vibrator yeah. with her. Yeah. Uh, listen, there's not a German on earth that didn't like grow up with. Well, vibrators, that's true. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's like not not. She wasn't like climaxing as much anymore. And stuff. See, that's uh, my like, fear. That's yeah. my fear. I'm not no, that. It's a, I think it's a real fear. Is not that I'm there's saying. not one in the house. However, anyway, you should still go. There's other things as well. Uh, Adam and Eve. <laughs> I hate it when we do that. 
Uh, AdamandEve.com, when you select uh, 50% off, uh, wait, get one item at 50% off, then you get three free adult DVDs, free exclusive gift, and this new gift, uh, free shipping, and um, the clit bumper thing. Yeah, that thing. That thing, baby. Um, Didn't someone email in yeah, that and say that, uh, I forget, during feedback that, that they appreciate the, the turn-on to the clip bumper? They really liked oh, it? Oh, uh, uh, maybe? I think it was in this feedback. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Well, you're welcome. It's kind of cool. It's the ideal pressure ring for couples. Uh, unique bumper stimulates a lot of things. Anyway, just go. Uh, AdamEve.com. Use coupon code BNARMY, B-N-A-R-M-Y. Check out. Uh, that's B-N-A-R-M-Y at AdamEve.com. And... Um, you know, it's a good way to. They've been supporting us for a while, so go check them out. Plus, they really have. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you guys are you guys are horny out there. Our listeners are out there They're doing, yeah. doing the right thing, putting in that BN Army thing all the time. And it's better than going to the creepy store down oh, yeah. the road. Yeah. Like, and that's better pricing too. It's expensive at those stores. It is. This like, is all good, really, really good pricing. I have one of those stores really close to me, and it's actually like a nice store. Like it's not all like dirty, right? It's still just creepy going in there, though. Like yeah. the, I don't want people looking at me, and I don't want to look at them. So. So I'm just saying no matter how nice your adult store is, it's better to sit on your couch and do it. So adamneve.com. Or at your that's desk. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do it here with like the big window into the bar open. I'm just looking at dogs. No, whenever, you, whenever the staff just sees you pulling the shade, like wide-eyed and like uh, like uh, bloodshot eyes, like, uh-oh, Justin will be gone for about five minutes Don't, and nobody go and change a keg. I flip the on-air light on so people know not to come in to the studio. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Tasty just jerks off on the window. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I don't care. Bevo asks him to clean it all up. private office in this, yes. <laughs> She's... <laughs> Bevo in her stewardess outfit has to come around. <laughs> <laughs> Squeegee. <laughs> hey, Bevo, uh, I, we, we could use some coffee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Uh, oh, and I made a cup, and I made a pot of coffee, of and he did. was like, it's kind of weak. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. We know what to do next time. Yeah. Dump it on him. Load her up really strong, like stupid strong. There you go. All right. Uh, what was our Twitter game tonight, JP? Our Twitter game was the announcement that Doc is oh, about yeah. to have a third child. Yeah. And we are trying to name him. Name not him. Not, not Doc, but yes. Name him Doc's new child. Do we know? We don't know yet. We don't yet. I think they're going to go the old school route and not actually know okay. the, the sex. Yeah. Boy right. or girl. Just call it mini Doc. I don't know anything right. about sex either, so we're <laughs> in the same boat. Yeah, I bet. Uh, okay. Mike Shoemaker says uh, Doc's baby name is Janet Hummer Lothamer. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I actually meant to delete that one, but <laughs> whatever. whatever. He's a local guy. Who cares? Uh, twenty-four Mountain Creeks. Twenty-four. Anyway, uh, he says uh, they should name it. Uh, he should name it Warren after the father. Congrats on being the first. <laughs> con- congrats on being the first male to give birth. I like it. Yeah. Um, you write that down. Yeah. Uh, Ian Hay says, Mike, Tasty McDole Lothamer, in honor of a fallen friend, hashtag RIP Tasty. <laughs> is, that, is that a new hashtag? I don't know. but that pitch myself know. here. Oh, I'm still here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're still around. I felt like I was gone. <laughs> you're looking just the same as you did 10 years ago. That's right. true. That's <laughs> true. 10 Nothing years or 10 you. minutes, it doesn't matter. You're distilled. I'm pickled. Uh, Rude Boy Brewing says, uh, Augustina Baruna. 
Oh, the old of classic. Yeah, of you got to have that in there. We'll put that in there. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Taryn Petros. Oh, I wrote heard in. Of her. <laughs> yeah, so have I. Uh, to, uh, she it. says uh, you should call it Rosanna. Duh. Oh, after the <clears throat> after the Toto song band. Yeah, I like that. She's smart. She's smart. That's for sure. Uh, Jeff Grelnick. She is that too. Jeff Grelnick says uh, Allison Money Lothamer, aka oh. Alimony. Oh. Hope for the best. Prepare for the inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. There were a couple alimony jokes in there. Um, Lloyd McClover says uh, he's going to uh, be having a kid. It's a 17-year-old Bing Zhong homebrewer adopted from China because he's never doing it the old-fashioned way again. So he's going to... It's I'm a little convoluted. He's going to be adopting a child, and his child is a 17-year-old called Bing Zhong. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, John A. says, a, uh, call him Low Hug Lothamer, and Tasty would be the godfather. So there's layers to that. There's levels to it. Like Low Hug. Two dimensions. Low Hug Lothamer. What if, he did, what, if he, what if he did adopt an Asian kid and named him Low Hug? <laughs> Bing Zhong Low Hug. All right, carry on. Uh, Greg Sorry, Hacks. That was racist. <laughs> Greg, uh... Maybe not. Feedback. China, China, people from China are a race. They're a nationality. Okay, fair enough. Thank you. Uh, Trust me, I have all the ins and outs of being a a, a subtle racist. Uh, Greg Hack says, does it really matter? All of Doc's words slur together when he's drunk. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And then last but not least, Paul Shanks says, in Chechnya, we call him Little Doc. Who who else will take care of our only tooth in our mouth when his daddy is gone? (laughs) Little dog. Little dog. We have tooth. Yeah. All, there you one go. One tooth in all of country. We share. <laughs> when everyone get bread ration, we share tooth. Uh, you know what sandwiches in Chechnya? It's imagination. <laughs> it don't really exist. It don't exist. You have two pieces of bread. You imagine what's inside. Yes. They call they call it imagine which. <laughs> Imagine which meat is in between two breads. Keep you fed for three days, imagination. <laughs> try it. <laughs> try, try now. Uh, How did Chechnya do in the Olympics? How did our home country do? You know, do? that's a good question. Uh, look it up. I just, I just bought a Chechnyan flag. No, you did not. Yeah, I had to. I saw it on Amazon, and it felt, it just felt right. You ever feel like the computers are listening to you? How did it know to present me with a Chechnyan flag? How did it? Probably because we searched something about. I asked you about the Chechnyan accent, and did you okay. look it up? And then it was Maybe. like, Chechnyan? but this happens know. often where I talk about shit that I know I didn't Google, <laughs> and all of a sudden it's on my Facebook advertising, or That's creepy. Yeah. It's something's going on here with the voice recognition that people aren't talking about. Nobody's talking about it, but it's happening. Yeah, all that data we're putting out—it's being mm-hmm. analyzed. I mean, what's the difference? Like, they're fall. You know, if you look at your Google Map, like on your phone, it'll. If you, you look at its history, yeah, uh, it'll oh. show you everywhere you've been for right. the last five years. You know it because you didn't turn it off. Yeah. You didn't know to turn it off. You didn't know it was on. I feel like it's the same with the little microphone. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting paranoid, but the advertisements are getting weird. You know, I can't find anything, and to me, it seems like. Oh well, Chechnya is part of Russia. Oh, so they just—they're under Russia. It's a republic of Russia. 
Chechnya, also spelled Chechnya or Chechnya. <laughs> I know that's spelled like eight ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking pick a pick a spelling. Yeah, Olympic. We're lucky to run away from bomb. <laughs> All right. That's why we're fast. <laughs> the slow Olympians aren't existing. Um, They're in dustpan. All right. Well, I got uh, one of them was like, call it basically Beardy after the father. Yeah. Uh, Warren. Warren. Call it Warren. Um, yeah. yeah. Call yeah. it Tasty. Hashtag RIP Tasty. Yeah. In honor of a fallen friend. Augustina Baruna. Uh, that's a fun that's one. That's an old one. That's an old one. Yeah. Rosanna. God, I wish Doc was here. Which, uh, I really like this one. It's Doc's child. It's pretty imagine good. If he, imagine if the mother insisted on calling it Rosanna. Like her great aunt Rosanna was like a, such an inspiration to her. He hates Toto so much. He had to call his it. own child Rosanna all the time. Seriously, anytime you guys out there see Doc at NHC or anywhere, uh, yeah. start singing this or any Africa, song. any Africa. Toto song, he will go fucking ape shit and then laugh really hard and go, fuck you. Rosanna, Rosanna. I think this is the winner. Just doing the really dog, right? Taryn won. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to give her anything. Right? She, doesn't need, her she doesn't need another shirt. No, she doesn't. It went back. Yeah. <laughs> she has to give me something. Give me my shirt back. <laughs> oh, then we don't have any more dust bricks. <laughs> oh, God, I wish Doc was here. Tour still? Oh fuck! Are they? I want to go see them. I want to go see them too. I want to. You know what we should do? Like go in on. Uh, oh Jesus! Look at these fucking freaks. That's Toto now. Yes, yeah, Toto. Look, look at the guy on the left. Show the, the camera. Hat. Go to Toto.com. I feel like I just met that guy on the street. <laughs> right. It looks weird. See him, Tasty. Wow. Uh, I think we should go in on like get Doc VIP ticket. <laughs> yeah. And be like, Doc, we're going to a concert, baby. We're going to the whole thing. Like like Leonard Skinner. Make make up another band or whatever. And then just fucking get him so hammered that he doesn't understand. And then when they start playing fucking whatever song they play, he will freak out. I love this idea. Thank you. Do you think we can really get him into the... Place, if we blindfolded him, we could because uh, then yeah. uh, the opening act would happen. We have to blindfold him and well, earmuff him. That's true. <laughs> Drug him. <laughs> we knock to, him out. We have to. Um, uh, what's Mister T's name? Um, I used to. Why well, can't I, I remember his name? Anyway, B, we have to B A Baracus him. B, oh yeah, B A Baracus. Yeah, I ain't drinking no milk, Hannibal. Uh, yeah, they're on tour. September fourth, they'll be in Denver. Well, Doc probably knows. September eighth, Saratoga. California, September 9th, Indio, pa- Paso. They're going to be in Paso <gasps> September 11th. I'm gone all of September. Damn it. Oh, man. VIP tickets. How much are VIP tickets to Toto and Paso? Oh, that'd be great. We take Matt Brennelson with us. Totally will. He'd go. Uh, Actually, he'd hate it as much as Doc. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, and, you know, I read interesting thing. They These were session music, musicians, the folks in Toto. Yeah. They were session. And then they it were. They got, they got together and they were like, dude, we can write all of the. We can write this fucking music. We've been playing it forever. Yeah. Uh-huh. It and makes sense because it's very formulaic, like session music. But they, I mean, they kind of nailed it with this one. Let's be honest. I, uh, you know what? I hate this song. What? 
I think this song is the worst. I thought Doc was the only person on earth who hates this song. I hate this song. How do you hate this I song? I don't know why. I just think it's the most trite bullshit in the entire world. Well, yeah, it. but it, it's still great. VIP package includes one reserved seat within the first eight rows, access to a meet and greet with the members of Toto. Oh my god! I love. Can you meet. imagine if he got a photo with the fucking Toto? Oh yes. Photo with Toto. How much is that VIP? Individual photo with Toto on one exclusive Toto mason. It's probably jar. only like fifty bucks. One signed drum head. One a mason jar. <laughs> I know. That for your for all of your senior pickling. <laughs> Like, what the fuck are all of your pickling needs? <laughs> Why are they giving out Mason? I don't know, man. Let me see. And they're, Part they're, of the shit. Yeah, you got to click like eight fucking things to get these prices. Oh, oh my God. God. Here's a Mason jar and vacuum sealer. <laughs> while, you're, while you're figuring that out, I have a question. Um, yeah. Did we give away one ticket or two tickets two. to Todd? Oh. He's on the phone. He's asking. Two. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's got to bring a uh, bro or a Has hoe. to bring a... I'm not going to say and that. And money okay. for the Friday night drink. Yeah. A bro or a hoe. I don't know. Whatever. A chick or a dude. I, I'm equally degrading. I don't know, man. It's I, I'm, I'm clicking on Africa. buy VIP tickets, but it, it's not letting me, so either they're sold out. Never. Or the best available is 65 bucks, dude. 65 bucks. Row in, in. Whatever that means. Paso, huh? Not Seat 7 and 8, dude. All right. Wow, they have a lot of albums. <laughs> do they really? Yeah, they, yeah, they kind of do. For, for only having two songs that anybody knows about. Oh, 35th anniversary live in Poland, April 2014. <laughs> you, know, you know what that's pretty close to? Chechnya. Chechnya. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to get out of here. Congratulations to our Twitter game winner, Taryn Petros. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but why don't we give the prize to Does It Really Matter? He slurs all his words anyway. Let's do that. What do you think? Shall we do that? Yeah, yeah that was... You didn't win, but you get a prize. Taryn uh, won. Greg Hack. All right, Greg. Send Bevo an email, or I don't know, you guys figure it out. Yeah. You know what to do. It's big. Let's get him the prize, and Taryn, you go home just knowing you're a winner. Yeah, you stay at home. Stay at home. Cook me dinner knowing Make you're the Coffee, quit listening to the show. Like a, be a stewardess when JP gets home. All of the, these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next week we are off and uh, we'll be back. Well, not we, but most of us will be back on September 5th with Fieldwork Brewing Company. I know those guys. Also That's my birthday. Exciting. Just saying. I will not be on the program for the next seven weeks, I discovered today. Whoa. Wow. Which I'm very excited about. Um, JP, I know that you and Tasty are going to do a great job. <laughs> as long as Bev makes me fucking coffee whenever I coffee demand it. And make it right. And make, make it right, too. None of this fucking you make bullshit. It right. Like, you too weak to or fucking make, too... Whatever. Don't listen to him. Make it my specifications, and you should know what those are ahead of time. Don't ever make me tell you. <laughs> wow. I feel like this is borderline domestic violence. It just, it just got real. <laughs> so we're off next week, but... You're off. Um, wow! In November, you coming back, it, guys? It's you guys solo the week after because Beardy and Doc will both still be gone at Burning Man with me. When we when we can do it for field work, but you got field work in the studio. Oh, those guys are fill the place. You're going to have an easy. I'll be arguing time. with those guys. It's going to be great. Wait, are we still at Burning Man on a Monday? Yeah, it's Labor Day. Why did we book a show on Labor Day? I don't know. Talk to Beverly. 
You and I had a conversation about this. I didn't want to book it that day, but we had to because on the 30th or whatever, both you and Justin are gone, so there was nobody to host. Oh, so we it's had to you're do, going to Kauai. So we JP. had to do a show when on my birthday. You're going to Hawaii. I see it on the calendar. I'm gonna yeah, I'm going Hawaii from the nineteenth that means to you have the twenty fourth. Because that's your off week though. Yes. Nineteenth is, is your off week. Also right. gone. So now you have yeah. to work Labor Day. But you got yeah. field work in the studio, so there'll be a lot of fun. They'll bring some beers out and then um, I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna do a little Germany. I'm going to do a little other things. I'm going to go into Stone Berlin. I'm going to Oktoberfest. How far away is Chechnya from Germany? Good question. It's only a small ox ride. <laughs> I think it's a big ox ride. We send one small ox. ride. <laughs> once uh, I, why is it telling? Why once, is it it's ox? a different continent. Once ox come back from Kuzinlatka Baro... I go to Chechnya. It's a 38-hour drive. <laughs> it's a 38-year ox ride. Ox ride. <laughs> seven-year ox ride. You go through Poland and the Ukraine, and uh, then you get into Russia, which is part of Chechnya. I is love Chechnya. Poland. It's so wealthy there. They have uh, trees. <laughs> For free. <laughs> I once had sandwich without imagination in Poland. It was wonderful. Oh, the flavor is so much more than imagination sandwich. You ever taste the color purple? Oh, I have. I have. In Poland. In Poland. <laughs> it was wonderful sandwich. I grew up hearing stories of Polish sausage. Not stories at all. Facts. Facts. I saw one. So you've been. <laughs> I saw one with my own eyes. Mm, well, I yeah. borrowed eyes from Grandma. <laughs> but I saw them with Grandma's eyes. You know what they say in Chechnya? <laughs> eyes are like hand-me-downs. That's it. <laughs> All right. I got to uh, go. Yes. Can we go? Oh, mm. I didn't even think about it till just now, but I'm on the longest vacation ever. I love it. All right. Good luck, everybody. Thank All you right. for holding down the fort. Oh, yeah, we got it. And uh, JP, take us away. <laughs> Calgon. Thank you for our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Paul Arney from Ale Apothecary up in Bend, Oregon, joined us to chat about his amazing beers. Learn more over at thealeapothecary.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to earsuppodcast.com as JP, Terrence, Bebo, and Taryn talk about all things Disney. Go check out Moscow's Hop Cartoons over at hoplifestore.com. Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info. Follow Nate Smith and Nathan Homebrew, Mike McDowell at Tasty McD, JP at Major Jip, and Warren adding to the noise over at Another Beardy. Tasty will be speaking at the St. Louis Hops Homebrew Club meeting being held at Perennial Ales in St. Louis, or is it St. Louis, on September 13th at 7 p.m. Today's show is produced by JP, and your host has been Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Breed Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. JP does great as his cherry.